power on. Earth, 2018. The alliance between governments and tech giants has led to the rise of the surveillance society, distraction technology, the attention wars, and the erosion of your mind. But one show stands against this insidious system. Hosted by the podcast champion, the man of tomorrow, the golden stallion of the tech world, Brian Sovereign. He and his co-hosts form the intellectual resistance. It's time for Sovereign Tech. Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, ready to get into that old sovereign tech this week. You know, I'll tell you because uh, because I know this because it is the day. <laughs> but sovereign tech, you know, I mean, why even admit it? Sovereign tech was like a day late this week, but that happens every once in a while. Sometimes it has to come out on a Sunday instead of a Saturday, and you know, that's how things go. But I, tr- we had very important business to take care of last night. It was actually personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't get into that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, it was, well, here's the thing is that you just heard it, folks. You're going to get a treat. Since it's a day late, you get uh, something a little extra special. So you're, of course, being joined by Sovereign Tech co-host, the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, the boss. Yeah, the treat. The treat, I, the I am a treat. You are a treat. I'll tell you. <laughs> Anyone thinks differently, they can come talk to me. But uh, yeah, anyway, Stephanie, thanks so much for being on. Uh, we got a ton of shit to talk about. Yeah, and I've been excited stuff. about this. I, yeah. I'm super excited to do the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I And what was actually really hard was like what you know, going through what to talk, what not to talk about, because there's so many great stories out there right now. Um, but I think we'll get into some of the things that you're really interested in, but we do have to get into a lot of tech stories, uh, because there has been a lot of shit going on, but I bring think, it on. I'm up yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you on for it because I just hate social media, like across the board, you know, I, I just, I fucking hate it. And you've been talking about your frustrations with social media for years on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I'm like, I'm to the point where I just think that it's, it's a net negative for humanity. Like, I I mean, it's not that, you know, because we're going to be talking a lot about it. There's, there's Facebook stuff to talk about. There's Google plus stuff to talk about. Holy shit. Um, and yeah, I, I just really, I'm, 
I'm to the point that in the abstract, like all of this is, this is not good. It's not like, well, okay, if this one has a problem, we'll just go to the next one. No, maybe the problem is just the abstract idea itself, you know, of social media. And so you're really burned out on it. Yeah. Yeah. And we could talk more about, about why that is, but I'll tell you, you know, all right, before we get into the stories, let me, and and the reason I'm glad to have you is because you're not like, you're not burned out on it. Right. Well, I'm sort of like, uh, you know, lightly toasted, shall we say. (laughs) I can see a lot of detriments to social media, Mm -hmm. and I am not a big user of it. Uh, We were just talking about this before the show, actually. Yeah. um, Where you and I were having a personal conversation about social media. And uh, I was saying, like, you know, I don't have an Instagram account. I have a couple of Twitter accounts, but I never, I don't use them anymore. I haven't tweeted in years. Yeah. I got off Twitter because I found it to just be a toxic climate um, right. and it wasn't making me happy. And it, and I never got on Instagram because I just felt like I started feeling like there's this pressure of like, you have to have an Instagram and a Twitter and a LinkedIn and every other social media. If you want to have a successful business, like you have to be on there promoting yourself yeah. or even a podcast, you have to have all these different social media handles. It's definitely essential. And I'm like, you know what? No, like, I'm not going to do that. I feel like people are telling me what to do. And each one of those things is like a commitment. You know, you have to maintain those social media accounts. You have to continuously post content. You have to try to gain followers. You have to try to make sure you don't lose followers. You have to interact with other people to, you know, increase your visibility on the platforms. And so it just becomes a ton of unpaid work with like dubious return. And it's not fun. It's like there you're doing it because there's a pressure. And so I, I just started thinking like, why would I do that? Like, I'm not even going to play these silly games. Right. Fuck these reindeer games. I'm not going to play that. So Rudolph said no more. Yeah. Take it down and blitz. And it's all yours. I've had enough. However, I do use Facebook because I find Facebook, it, despite all of its detriments, you know, I, I can clearly see the downsides, right? The mm. privacy is abysmal. Yeah. You know, you're being sold as a product. You're Horrible being stewards of your data. Advertised to terrible stewards of your data. Um, I guess I sort of manage that and deal with it by, quote, not sharing anything too personal. Right. But the upsides that I see are... I use Messenger to keep in touch with a lot of people where that's our primary mode of communication. Yeah. Um, I can pretty much always get a hold of someone on Messenger, even if I don't know how to get a hold of them on another platform or I don't have their phone number or something like that. Yeah. If it's someone I've been out of touch with for a while or whatever. Um, We're going to talk about Messenger in a minute, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. I I mean, I guess I loop in Messenger with Facebook because, you know, you go on the browser and you do you have both available for you well i've been saying this for a while most people just use facebook for messenger and groups they don't use it for the news feed they don't use it yeah. for the timeline or anything i i'm i'm more on that side lately yeah. uh, i've been using it a lot for groups but yeah groups are one of the other upsides that mm-hmm. i see about facebook um i've been a part of several groups both professional and personal that have really added to my life sure for example there's a group for audiobook narrators that i'm a part of that Which has you are yeah, yeah that like whenever i have a problem with um audible's sales dashboard or something like that i can go on that group and 15 other people are already bitching about it and i'm like oh i'm not alone i'm not the only one having this problem and that's valuable yeah, yeah. or you know somebody has a question and i'm like oh i've had that question in the past i've and then i learned from it I also, you know, am a member of some, let's say, secret spaces on Facebook uh, (laughs) that are for women or 
women who love women. Aha, uh-huh. which you <laughs> and, are. Yes, yeah. that which I am. You know, Smvoice.info. Oh, wait, I was supposed to say that for when you're thinking you being an audiobook narrator. <laughs> no, you're saying you're into women. <laughs> well, I mean, they, there's an intersection there because oh. in my in my work, I narrate a lot of audiobooks uh, that are lesbian romance. This is true. And lesfic. Yes. So, you know, it's, I guess I can't come out as a narrator without coming out as a queer at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I'm part of some of these groups and not just the professional groups, but the personal groups. Like, I often feel like I'm, I've been a part of a lot of masculine spaces in my life, but sure. not a lot of more feminine spaces. And I think that's important to like restore balance and to, yeah, just feel supported and um, validated in my own femininity. Uh-huh. So, you know, I get a lot of out of out of the groups on Facebook. Yep. And not every group is great, but, you know, some of them are awesome. It's like the 80-20 rule. Yeah, sure. And then also, like, I've met people on Facebook. I've met people that I've become friends with, uh-huh. you know, that I follow their posts or whatever. I've kept in touch with people that I, you know, may not have normally kept in touch with. But then, of course, the flip side of that is, like, what do you do when your ex is on all your social media and it's like they never go away, you know? Oh, I, I would love to spend... In fact, I had another story... Maybe we'll go into the story. There, there's a, there's a great, there was a great blog kind of write up about like even just texting and dating and all that, like, and, and kind of the problems there too. Um, but yeah, yeah. You know, I want, I want to touch on this. I want to touch on this quick, even though this isn't necessarily the stories that we're going to get into. A lot of them have to do with security. Um, you know, yeah, you can say, well, all the amazing people that come into your life, but even, even that argument and one could make the argument. Yeah. But if you just find that one it's totally worth it. You know, like if you find the love of your life through, through Facebook somehow, um, isn't that worth everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, sure. I understand that argument, but then, you know, I mean, how many relationships actually last forever, you know, or, or not forever, but you know, for your entire well, life, how many that you meet in person last forever? Well, exactly. No, right. No, no, no. I, and that's not a that's knock on social saying, media. Right? No, no. What I'm saying is, is that what happens when they leave social oh, media see. and the internet in general makes that a painful fucking process and yeah. a strange a weird one that we as as a species do not know how to handle yeah. like we are not you know normally what we do is that when somebody leaves we burn the pictures or we throw them out or whatever or we tuck them away in a drawer somewhere oh yeah. no no facebook doesn't let you do that right no it's healthy it's part of moving on and then even if you unfriend them block them whatever it'll show you from like last year when you were hanging out with them, a picture yeah. that you posted or something. And or, it's like, ah, don't or, do that. Right. But if you have Instagram, Twitter and whatever else, I mean, like, how do you, how do you block all those? Yeah. You know, it becomes a real problem. I mean, I think, and this is something I wanted to mention earlier when you're bringing that up, how hard it is to keep up with all of the different social networks if you're going to. I mean, really, every one of them is like another life you have to lead. Yep. And every one of them is almost like another language you have to speak because they all function completely differently. That's right. Yes, it's another language. I yeah. never thought of it that way, and, but that's really accurate. Right. And so, and how hard is it? I mean, you have some idea on this, Stephanie. I know how hard it is, too. I've had to learn a couple in my day. Uh, how hard is it to learn another language and to keep it up? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's one of the hardest things you can do. And yeah, I, I think there's there's real, I think the the net negative you know, the point that I brought up earlier is really starting to come to fore for a lot of people where they're like, okay, yeah, I met these people. I did this, but 
shit, like if they ever left my life or, you know, or, or just having to keep this up, this is getting to be too much. I mean, and you have to keep up with all the new features and everything. I mean, it's, it's a fucking job and it's not supposed to be a job. It's supposed to be something fun for you. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. It, it becomes like a job. And I think that was how I started feeling last year, like not last year, um, like a couple years ago when I started feeling this pressure. Yeah. And at first I gave into the pressure and I tried like, all right, I guess I have to do this. But it didn't last because it wasn't fun. It was right. a job, an unpaid job and a shitty job <laughs> where yeah. you're being abused every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I've gone on strike, you know, for a lot of social media. I still use I still use Facebook and, you know, you can come at me, bro, for that or whatever <laughs> and criticize <laughs> me. But I, I still see enough upsides to Facebook and I feel like I have a system to manage it that you know, I'm getting benefits on it, so I stay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, a large percentage of my friends, the people who I consider, like, in my Dunbar circle, are not on Facebook. Yeah. So then I have to figure out how to keep in touch with them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which you get in touch with me on Signal, but... um, I get in touch with you in real fucking life. That's right. We live together. I touch you. I give you... You touch, yeah. touch you. I love it. Uh, But anyway... (laughs) um, yeah, you know, for me, like, what what actually started my agitation was, and, and what kind of started me down this road, and, and this is something we were talking about before we started the show as well, is that, like, so I have an Instagram account. It's not something that's attached to Sovereign Tech, so I don't promote it or anything, you know, whatever, but I, I have one, and there's some there's some interesting things I get to see on there or whatever, and, and I, I, like, share art and everything on it. But, so, you know, I decided to, like, stop, I'm like, you know, I don't really feel like posting right now. Like, I'm going to lay it off. Whereas where normally I do at least a couple posts a day or something like that. You know, a morning post, good night post, things like this. And it's funny because this happens every time. I, I don't get a lot of interaction. Like, I get a lot of followers on whatever social media I happen to be on, but I don't get a whole ton of interaction. And I think it's because people are afraid of interacting with the content that I share. Not necessarily afraid of me. They're afraid that, oh, somebody sees that I like this content or something like that. Um, even like Twitter had that feature where it showed, it started showing you, you can turn this off now, but I think it's still on by default, where it started showing you what somebody else liked. Oh, Brian Sovereign likes this. Yeah. And well, then you see it and you're like, oh, Brian Sovereign likes that. What a pervert. Well, right. I mean, now that's crazy. But the thing is, is that what if somebody that follows me and I share my artwork on there, they're going to click like on it and then their friends are going to find out that they're a freak like me. And that may not go, you know, I can, I can walk around with the courage of my convictions and I don't give a shit what people think. Not everybody is me. Okay. No, and everybody tends to think that it it all revolves around them, and like social media kind of perpetuates that idea. Yeah, you know that people think that everybody's looking at them and everybody's watching to see what they do, and they kind of are in a way. Yeah, but I think social media makes that worse and makes you act paranoid and crazy because well, of it. I'll tell you, like, I mean, and I don't want to get sidetracked too much on this, but like with the Twitter thing. I mean, I don't really pay attention to Twitter at all anymore. I still have a Twitter account, but whatever. Um, like I, when I used to like look through the feed and I would see what some people were liking, there were times where I'd just be like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> like it, it would be something so, like somebody would like Ben Shapiro shit or something. And I would just like my heart would literally sink. And and I like that's another reason I don't want to be on social. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Like, you know, in, in some ways. 
ignorance is bliss. I mean, you want to have as much knowledge of the universe as you can, but in other ways, like there's some things you just don't want to know about other people. Right. And you know, if, if you're into that, what you think is somehow a hyperlogical asshat, uh, or sorry, um, a guy that that I don't know, logical ass. <laughs> it's hard to be logical when you're wearing your ass as a hat because well, your head is so far up there, literally. I mean, you know, it's hard on their <laughs> sleeve. You know, <laughs> they're a jerk and they let everybody know it. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't want to know. I, I I really like that. Like that is something. So so I kind of get all this. Anyway, my point in saying that is that I don't get any interaction unless suddenly I stop sharing all my sexy shit. Yes online and then suddenly people are looking because then they're going to my last post and i'll get like a hundred likes or something yeah or then they're my, freaking out they're like wait a minute wait, where's my post yeah it's like wait where do you go you know and i'm like well and i hear this all the time and i've talked about this before on the show years ago you know like on facebook nobody would would click like on anything on but no you know i'd get no interaction whatever but i'd see people in real life and they'd say god damn it you have the best fucking social media accounts in the world well, they're fucking like you know tell me because i think i'm just you know shitting in the wind here yeah give me some <laughs> feedback here right give me some the whole point is supposed to be to interact yeah like let me know i'm not alone for fuck's sake that's half the reason i'm posting this stuff is so i don't feel alone because there's people out there maybe they'd like it but instead the only time i ever know is when i'm actually like face to face and there's no recording devices around and you're willing to admit that you're a goddamn freak you know and it's just like come on so yeah. I, I get sick of it. And and this actually That's frustrating. Yeah. yeah and and that, that happened on Instagram recently too, where when I stopped suddenly everybody's like, Whew! you know, they're just like, okay, oh well, well, let's find one of his posts that we can click like on that. That's okay. You know, maybe they feel like, where'd he go? Where's our sexy art? I mean, they just don't want to admit that they're into that shit, you know? And, yeah, and the whole reason you're going on there is for like connection and for attention right. and for yeah, just being able to interact with some somebody about something that's important or interesting to you and maybe share some common interest, but they refuse to actually be public about, or they refuse to actually even just do the little, the bare minimum act of clicking like on your thing yeah. to let you know. Yeah. So they're not really interacting with you. It's like this one way, you probably feel like an animal in a zoo or something where people are oh, looking in the do. glass. They're hot. just like watching you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound hot. That sounds horrible. Because no. you know? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just like looking at you and pointing at you, but not actually interacting with you. Yeah. You know, that's a great analogy. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and this is the thing is that this is what I'm told. This is why the internet's so fucking great because we can express ourselves and we can be authentic. Mm. Oh, well, maybe I can, but everybody else fucking pussyfooting around, you know, whatever, you know, whatever actually great stuff is out there. And it's just, a, it's just goddamn annoying, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm with the round of news that we're about to get into. It's just bolstering more. And I, yeah, I admit, I already have the bias that I hate social media, but it's just like, you know, fuck it. Just, just, just fuck it. And like, and, 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 you know, to speak to a point you made earlier, like, I don't think I don't, I don't even know that they're helpful for podcasts. Like, I know a lot of people want to say that is that, oh, well, you need to have social media so that people can find you and know that you're out there. I think that's crap. Um, you can put yourself out there 20 times a day. The thing that got this show sovereign tech, you know, off the ground was appearing on free talk live and being a co-host on free talk live for years. Okay. Um, the thing that, and the thing that I think if you can't do that, if you can't get on some kind of like, you know, nationally syndicated radio show with uh, what, you know, a million listeners, whatever, if you can't do that, the only hope I think you have is if you actually get people to share your show on their social media, 
you know, or, or with their friends, talk to them in real life, you know, however that ends up taking shape because I, I think people are just blind to ads now. Like they don't, they don't see the ads. They don't see the promotional shit. They don't care. Um, but if they, they've been so saturated and inundated with them that oh, they, yeah. they're just to tune them out. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, online advertising's a fucking pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, so I think really like the best thing you can do is convince your listeners, Hey, would you share the show, you know, and, and whatever, like, that's how you're actually going to grow on social media at all. It's not going to happen with your own social media presence. My point being is that you don't need it to grow your business. Like you really don't. And most of the numbers, and I can tell you, this is somebody who's, who's actually in, who's been in marketing. Most of the numbers that you get for a lot of the social media stuff, are, it's all vanity, vanity numbers. They're bullshit. They, they don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like they mean they, it, it's, it's, it makes a good looking spreadsheet mm-hmm. and it does nothing else for you everything is a crapshoot like it just doesn't work that way so right you have thoughts yeah well yeah i i definitely think you're right that it's a myth the things that we hear about oh you have to be on social media Uh promoting your business and stuff like that um i i agree that that's a bill of goods that's sold to people Mm -hmm. and like you actually did try this for a while like you're brian's not just bullshitting here like he's been in this industry for a while and he's been trying to put it put out his podcast on social media and it didn't make a damn bit of difference you know he how many twitter followers do you have Thirty thousand or something like that. oh no 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 maybe like 10 oh 10 that number might have dropped a bit but yeah well, right. But I mean, you know, how many of them actually listen to your podcast? I don't know. Well, that's a big question, too. Right. Sure. I mean, I just like a lot of times I just show up on blockchain lists and I think that's why people follow me because ah. I'm somewhat of a commentator and just because I've been in the space for so long. Um, You're a commentator as commentator. opposed to a rare tater. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for saying that. But anyway, you know, and it's funny. There's a book that came out. Fuck. This came out in like 2013, like a long time ago called social media is bullshit. I ta- mm-hmm. I talked about it when it came out cuz I read it. And that guy's being proven right left and right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he you know that 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 this is all nonsense and well, anyway, I mean, you you expressed the connection that you do get through it and the benefits that you do get through it. Um and I think there's something to be said cuz this is true for a lot of technologies. Like Google Glass, for example, one of just the most horrible ideas in history. For the average person, okay, key term, for the average person. For in the professional field, it's brilliant. It's great. Yes, put them everywhere. Like, you know, as far as in an in industry, in a warehouse, or, you know, in a, in a garage or whatever, where you're doing repairs, it's a brilliant fucking idea. Put it in the hospital. Awesome. You know, like, I mean, there's wonderful, wonderful uses for that in the professional field. I think that you raised a great point. Yeah, social media can be really helpful in professional fields, like the groups where you can get up to the minute information from everyday people or people like you who are, you know, independent business, uh, business women, business people, uh, you know, about audiobooks, about audiobook narration and stuff like that. Okay. That like, that's great. It, the rules are very different when you talk about, uh, industry in the professional field, and then you talk about the consumer level. Mm-hmm. Th- those are two different rule sets for how well things can work out for you. And Mm -hmm. I think there might be some argument to be made that, you know, uh, some kind of social media in the professional space actually is super helpful. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially when you work. So like folks, I work alone. 
<laughs> Brian, Brian and I, I'm I, a lone I creepily wolf. listen in at times. <laughs> yeah. I love it when you creepily listen in, and it's not creepy either. <laughs> like, Ooh. Oh. So uh, you're in the moaning. And, <laughs> by the way, you can listen into everything I do by going to audible.com and searching for Stephanie Murphy. You can hear all my lesbian audiobooks if yeah. you want to pay for them. Actually, if you want a free audiobook, I, I do give out codes so you can listen to my audiobooks for free on my website, which is smvoice.info. You can Ooh. request a free audiobook there. But, uh, or you can buy them. Um, but anyway, uh, what I was going to say was that I spend most of my workday alone. I do pretty much all my business tasks by myself, except yeah. for a few things that I outsource. But I deal with remote employees when I outsource stuff. Right. So um, I am alone like pretty much all day. And in most of the stuff that I do for my business, I'm alone. And so it is kind of nice to have like at least like a virtual water cooler that I can go to when I need a break or something yeah. and just talk to some people about like, oh, hey, have you had this problem too or whatever? Or see people, just see the people are talking about it. And then I can leave whenever I want. You yeah. Know? But notice you're connecting over the job. Yeah. You know, and, and that's an authentic thing mm-hmm. because you both share that. Right. Like, you genuinely share that as to where... The average person talking about whatever the fuck they're talking about. You have no idea if that person shares anything with you, you know, as far as that goes, as far as whatever philosophical or TV show or something that you're into. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the other, of course, the flip side of that, like the narrator groups that I mentioned in pretty much all of those groups, there are people trying to sell stuff and people trying to monetize the group. There are voice coaches trying to promote yeah. their, their services. Yeah, that's and, a whole other thing. you know, some of them are useful. Some of them are, like, you know, badgering people and giving them the hard sell. And I don't know how useful that is, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny that a lot of these social media networks, like, they're... One of two things happen, it seems. Either they shut down, or the creators actually walk away from their monster mm-hmm. and often it's not That's a be- bad sign. Yeah. And it's usually you find out at least through the drum as it were that um, it's because bad things are happening to that network uh, or to that platform. So for example, the recent uh, leaving of, of the two uh, founders of, of Instagram, they finally walked away from the company. And I think that should concern people. So Anyway, so Instagram was bought by Facebook. Wasn't that like four or five years ago or something? Um, might be longer than that. It was yeah. a big deal. It was the billion dollar deal. Yeah. And, and at the time that was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was crazy. And, and again, you know, historically I've brought this point up recently, uh, or I've brought it up many times. Um, Facebook to their credit was always very hands off with what they bought and they just let it do it. It was more like they just wanted to monetize their competition. Like they wanted to own the competition and make the money off of it. Um, like with Oculus, I'm a fan of the Oculus hardware, the virtual reality hardware, but that's because John Carmack's there. And yeah, Facebook bought them out. If John Carmack ever leaves, I've said this every time, if he ever goes, I leave. Like I walk with that guy because I trust him and no one else as far as how that company yeah. goes. Yeah, uh, no, that's a good metric to have, I think. Yeah. And Instagram kind of feeling the same, you know, because in WhatsApp is the same deal. The guys walked away, you know, uh, mm. it was, it's not Brian Johnson. I can't think of his name, but he walked away mm-hmm. from from WhatsApp. And what is he doing now? He's funding Signal. That should scare the fuck out of people. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. The guy who created it, <laughs> I thought. funding the, his competition, so-called. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought WhatsApp was great. WhatsApp has the Signal protocol. WhatsApp is, you know, arguably the most popular messaging service in the world. Why would you walk away from that and go to Signal of all things? Boy, that's strange. Uh, I, I right. mean, <laughs> follow the money. Yeah. So yeah. 
anyway, all of that is to say that social media, like this is, this is really becoming a global conversation. I think that, um, there's problems. Yeah. And, and my hope is I usually people don't end up on the side of the extreme. They really don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, my hope is, is that they do in this case and they, and you know, finally humanity just sort of says, yeah, this has its time and place, but my life 24 seven is not the time or place. Mm. You know, maybe my businesses, maybe my this and that. Maybe uh, there is starting to be a backlash against social media. There is, yeah. there is. It's, I mean, the numbers are out there. The research is mm-hmm. out there that yeah. there really is certainly against Facebook and yeah. against Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to like Mastodon or whatever. And Hey, great, you know, go there. But again, I think the problem is social media itself going to another platform. is not going to solve shit. So anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, do you want to get into some stories? Sure. <laughs> We've yeah, been rocking absolutely. this for about almost 30 minutes here. Uh, well, it's a good conversation to have. Oh, hell yes. And By I'm, the way, um, go ahead. I like to call, inst- I like to refer to Instagram as fakestagram or in- Instasham. <laughs> Instasham. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, again. Because nothing on there is real. No, I know. I, you're right. You're right. I, I think the only things that are really palatable to me are like Telegram and Signal as far as that goes. Yeah. And Signal, of course, has the issues of being, I mean, there's Briar, you know, there's, there's like some really, uh, like, shall we say, boutique apps um, that I think are really great, but you're, you're never going to get like, they're by design, you're not going to scale. Like by design, you're not going to get huge groups and everything. And for a lot of people, maybe they, that's not for them. Me, I like to keep my circles very small because I can't draw circles very well. So the smaller, the more perfect they look. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so, well, let's get into some news stories here. And we are going to talk up some social media because there has been a shit ton of news as far as social media goes just in the past week. Like it's mind boggling how much has has really come out. Um, I will not hit me with it. Yeah, I will not be. We're going to talk about Google in, in a few minutes. But I will not be discussing the uh, the Google uh, October event that happened. That's probably going to be a Patreon episode where I do a review of that. I reviewed Microsoft's event last week because Microsoft actually does interesting things, even though fuck Microsoft. Um, Google doesn't do anything interesting. Hey, at least they so. still have a screensaver on Windows 10. That You know, great point to bring that up. I have wanted to talk about that. So I do use Windows computers for varying reasons, okay? And actually, I know from a poll I did, well, it's been a little while since I've done this poll, but uh, most of my listeners are Windows users. So does it make sense for me to give you news about Microsoft and Windows? Well, fuck yes, it makes sense. I mean, that's just numbers. Uh, So, I mean, as much as I love, you know, OpenBSD and using Linux and everything, and I do, uh, you know, it makes sense to talk about it. Anyway, so yeah... I think Windows Central or something, which is run by a left market anarchist, by the way, uh, Daniel Rubino, the, uh, the, they did like a story about, you know, how to turn on the screensaver in Windows 10. And I was like, oh, you can still do that. You know, I mean, because we're not in the age of CRTs where you're worried about burning, about screen burning or anything. And I was just so like, I thought about it. I'm like, fuck, you know, that'd be nice to have those pipes or something kind of running across oh, my the screen. Pipes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> Not that all of those are still there, but the screensaver setting is, is still in windows 10. And really it's become like the feature set in windows 10 has become so, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Not monolithic, the opposite of that, uh, fragmented, fragmented and diverse, maybe diverse, like yeah. there's so many of them that, uh, 
like you really do have to just i mean they put a search bar at the top of settings now because uh, yeah, that's, that's just right. what you fucking need right i mean and it's the same with mobile like android's the same deal where like there's just so many different settings you just have to put in a search bar and hopefully you can find what you're looking for um, but you can or you can go to the old control panel and that still kind of works uh, as it does but there's things not in that like if you want to connect your phone to your computer and so on anyway so you can just go to your search bar and type in screensaver and you will get, you'll find the setting for it and you can turn it on and i love it i have um like all of my windows computers I just have them all have the the text, the 3D like shimmering text of Sovereign Tech kind of going around, and I use the uh, the Batman Forever font, which I use an open source version of the bat or an open domain uh, uh, version of the Batman Forever uh, font because I think that that's one of the greatest movies ever made, and just like I I love that style, uh, and and it looks so cool, <laughs> like you just walk around the house and like there's Sovereign Tech just kind of like spinning around, and I I just love it. So folks, if you want to, I mean, it's not going to do anything for your LED or LCD screen, but it's fun to have a screensaver and it locks the screen after so many minutes too, which is nice. I mean, you can set it to do that anyway without a screensaver, but it's kind of fun. So thanks for bringing that up, Stephanie. That's of course, I'm sure you noticed them spinning around. Yeah. And I, I like them too. And I love the nostalgia of it, but if you want to get that review that Brian did of Microsoft's uh, latest happenings and whatever Brian is going to do about Google. Well, I did that on sovereign tech prime, but the Google one, you're going to have to. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I That's thought a, that was Patreon content. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no. I talked about some of it in a Patreon episode, and then I talked about it in the Prime episode. But please continue because if Google you want to make sure that you're getting all of the content that Brian produces, and it is a lot of content, it is nearly daily stream of information coming from Brian's mouth right Ooh. through your ears and into your mind. You can go to sovereigntech.com. That's s o v r y n tech.com. That'll take you to Brian's Patreon check out the rewards and uh, get in on that because you can really be entered into this whole new world. If you like the Sovereign Tech Prime show, get more to supplement your learning. That's why she's the boss, folks. Uh, but yeah, patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech. You can, you can do For that as, as well. For as little as a dollar a month, right? Yeah, yeah. There's reward tiers now where there's bonus content that'll come out for certain tiers that don't come out for others. But uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech. Thank you, my love. So, all right, um, let's get into these news stories, like I said. Uh, You know, and you mentioned Facebook Messenger earlier and how, you know, that is so common for you to use. Uh, There is, I think, a feature that a lot of people have wanted for a long time is the ability to delete messages, not delete messages like just on your end. Mm hmm. Even Which I'm is sure. what it currently has. Right. You can delete something on your end, but that's there's no point in that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because the other person can just the screenshot other person or whatever. Still and, sees yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see it. It's yeah. like <sighs> And I think before we realized all of the dumb shit that we we've been saying for however, you know, I mean, for some people, you know, it's been over a decade since they've been using Facebook. And a decade ago, you probably said some dumb things. I sure as fuck did. Uh and maybe you'd like that to go away, especially when we have to deal with, you know, oh, you know, 90 million account Facebook accounts have been cracked, uh, you know, or potentially exploited against and so on. Um, you know, so Facebook is apparently going to release, they haven't, it's not out yet, but they are putting in an unsend feature into uh, Facebook Messenger. So you, I bet Mark Zuckerberg already has that. He does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been, and in fact, I bet I, he's had that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's had it for a while and, and they've admitted as much that he does have an unsend feature. And, and people, of course, of yeah, course. for the past year, people have been saying, uh, why the fuck can't we have this? 
you know, and which is funny that they're not rolling it out yet. It's like, wait, so there's people that already have this feature, but we have to wait for it to roll out. Well, Jimmy, let me teach you a little lesson about (laughs) the elites. Yeah. Little Johnny in Virginia. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Virginia. Mark Zuckerberg is better than you. Uh, (laughs) It thinks he is. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I get it, you know, and sure, that's nice. Um, a lot of other messaging apps already have this ability. Uh, whatever, you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just putting it out there that they're doing it. It's part of, I think, a real privacy push that they're going for, because I think a lot of people don't want to use Messenger because they feel anything they say can be used against them, um, yeah. you know, by by your everyday, everyday person. I mean, I mean, there's. I think that's good in some ways because there is like with the the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. There is a lot lately of women screenshotting messages from dudes yeah. that they get through Facebook Messenger. And, you know, when when the guy says something creepy, inappropriate, sexually harassing, disgusting, you know, they'll put him on blast. And and sometimes it goes viral. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that that really happens. So, I mean, I think that if you if you're going to send messages like that, you can't expect to just be able to delete it and then not face the consequences of your actions, you know. Right. But uh, you know, on the other hand, uh I guess I could see like sometimes you send somebody a message and you're like, "Hey, uh, I have a question about this." But then your question gets answered before they get back to you. And it would be nice to be able to just delete that instead of saying, oh, never mind. I got it. You know, whatever. I got the spreadsheet I need. Yeah, I I think really, you know, because of the nature of the digital world, like there's no reason this shouldn't be available. You know, I have no problem with it. Just like you should be able to amend posts. Of mm-hmm. course, also, you should be able to like say that a post was edited or something or show that. Mm. Uh, also, but- no weirdo guy is going to like take back his message before you see it. They're going to take it back when they get caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. by then you'll have a screenshot of it. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this this feels like a feature that's that's really too little too late. Um, because people are freaking out so much, you know, about what's happening with Facebook. Um, in fact, there is Facebook, like the, the hack or the, the potential exploit. I don't want to call it a hack. I think hacking is heroic, uh, that I talked about a couple episodes ago on sovereign tech. Um, I actually did like a special intro segment to talk about it because like it was hot news. It just came out and it was relevant to everything else I was saying in the episode, um, you there, and I put a link in the show notes for this. They actually set up like in Facebook's help center, which fucking try to navigate that, uh, where you can find out if you, if any of your information was leaked and we do have an idea of what kind of information was potentially uh, leaked. Um, there, you know, obviously name like email address, if you had that hidden phone number, if you had that hidden, um, there's a chance that some credit card information and passwords, um, I mean, they're saying that, no, those weren't gained at all, but I kind of wonder. And also if the person was in any way able to look at, you know, maybe stuff that you put in messages in messenger, there might be passwords in there, you know, that you shared with people, or there might be, you know, really private info in there that you've shared with people. And so maybe, uh, you, you know, you might want to use this unsend feature to delete some of that info if you've ever put that out there. Mm-hmm. That might not be a bad idea because it's not if, it's when. 
someone gets access to your data, you know, when using these kinds of services. Mm. Um, it's a different story if it was something that was operating end to end and wasn't getting stored on a, on a server somewhere on the network. But with Facebook, everything's on the server. So, uh, yeah, if you if you want to delete that stuff, go ahead. But I did put a link in the show notes if you want to find out if you were in any way potentially uh, cracked, if your account was cracked into through through that uh, through that little hack. Uh, you and I, Stephanie, both we had to relog in to facebook the day that that happened yeah um which they said that was to reset the the tokens um the security tokens for your accounts when they did that so uh, you know i don't know that that necessarily means that we were like affected by it but that does mean that we were in the you know in the bunch of people that that where they had to take that action for mm-hmm. so oh god knows they're not telling us the whole story you know oh no 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 nobody no. ever tells you no 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 story. no no in fact there's a point i want to make about that because well in in a few in a little bit we're going to talk about google plus what's happening with that but pretty much fi- there was like five hundred thousand with very similar information potentially exposed to what i listed off of the facebook one there were five hundred thousand accounts uh, that were affected by that. And you could say that that's not, was it 500,000 or was it five? Yeah, I think it was 500,000 because I don't think Google Plus ever, ever, ever had 500 million users. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, um, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, there, there were that many uh, accounts exposed in, in that. And, you know, I totally forgot where the point I was going to go with that, but that doesn't matter. So <laughs> uh, this is this is happening, you, you know, bottom line. So, all right, I want to move on to uh, to another story here and and then we'll get into the Google Plus one here in a minute. So uh, Facebook purged over 800 U.S. accounts and pages for pushing political spam. Oh, and I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is uh, the story I have linked here is from the Washington Post. Um, the, so here's the funny thing with this is that, I mean, and, and we could talk about it. You know, I don't have to, like, actually read the story. We, we could just talk about it. Um, the idea is that this is about combating fake news. And about trying to create a better experience for you on Facebook. Um, a lot of this seemed to have been done algorithmically. This was not, and I want to be abundantly clear on this. This was not just conservative, right-wing, or alt-right pages getting shut down. Mm-hmm. There were leftist, very, very popular leftist uh, and not necessarily like, you know, I, I kind of tried to look into their content and everything to see like, okay, well, like, were they violent or something? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like openly violent, mm-hmm. you know, one could argue if you're ever arguing for using the state or regulation that that's inherently violent. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I mean, but conservatives do that too. You know, I mean, there, you know, there's, there's assholes across the board. Um, but there, there wasn't, there wasn't like any, any open or like really direct violence. We're not talking like Antifa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Ant- good old Antifa. Uh, you know, she was she's pretty calm on these sites. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. So is uh, Uncle Tifa. Yeah. So a lot of the like some of the leftist ones that went down. Like I, I don't see any reason. I mean, right. same with the right ones. A lot of them, I was like, well, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's stupid. But yeah, so the two that I heard about were uh, what is it, the Free Thought Project, or oh, was that shut down? I, I'm not sure if it was that or it was another like uh, one that's sort of similar to that. Uh-huh. Um, there was a couple people that I was Facebook friends with that wrote for that organization. Yeah. And yeah, that page got removed. And so did another one called Punk Rock Libertarians. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's not even just left and right. It's like libertarian oriented ones. I don't know what the criteria was for shutting them down, but they also like banned the personal. I think they, I think they banned like the personal accounts of the people too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an admin of one of those pages. Yeah. And you could say 800, you might feel in a, in a, a system that has like a billion users that that's small potatoes, mm-hmm. but this is, shall we say symptomatic. This is something this is a preview, you know, of, of really, I think, what's to come. Um, but again, I wanted to just make it really clear. It's not just like it's both sides. It's not just the right that was shut down. The left was shut down through this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I think as much as I don't want to say the right puts out a lot of truth, but as much as they may, the left does as well. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't like to hear that. And I'll probably lose a patron or two, but whatever. Uh, so, you know, and, and and it's interesting that this is, again, that, that needs to be driven home because everybody, I think, they think that, no, the only people that get shut down are are, are people that are speaking truth to power. The alt-right or the right, you know, the conservatives are the only I ones mean, that get like, shut down. The funny thing is, like, they're actually not. like No, not even <laughs> like, close. Most of the alt-right and a lot of, like, the so-called edgy conservatives, like, they're not actually edgy. They're just spouting beliefs that are already the status quo that a lot of people already agree with and hold. Oh, yeah, they're not either edgy, tacitly right. yeah, yeah, yeah. or not so tacitly anymore. They're actually not like fringy or edgy at all. Like, you know, no, no. I mean, frankly, it's boring. Um, right. Know, what, what they talk about. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Ooh, I, you know, I, I read. Let's go back to a time in the past. Let's uphold the status quo. That's like, you know, racist, sexist and whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's real edgy, right? Yeah. I mean, you read their like Twitter feeds and it's like, oh, so you're really obsessed with leave it to beaver. Okay. You know, I, I got it. <laughs> you know, That's fine if you want to role play like in your own life or whatever, yeah, but don't yeah. put it on me. Please. Yeah, I mean, if you have a lifestyle <laughs> obsession with Mad Men, you know, with, with the show Mad Men, I mean, okay, then I guess that's what you got. But, um, you know, don't pretend that you're edgy because you're copying a show on AMC or wherever, whatever network that was on. Right. Or that it's being silenced or something. It's, yeah. It's so not. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone believes that. Yeah. You're Go so- to middle America. <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, uh, regardless, you know, on, on that, um, yeah, the point being is that there is no, there are no favorites being played here. And what I really think that this is about, all right, first off, what I've been saying for the longest time is as much as you can help it, do not rely upon third party services to build yourself up. Some of these accounts had millions of followers and they're all freaking out T- to some degree. I don't feel bad for them left or right. I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't feel bad for you. You were in my opinion, well, I'll just say it. You were dumb enough to base your quote unquote activism. And I put that in quotes on Facebook. Like how many more, I mean, for how many years have I talking about it on this show? That I've been warning, saying, look, this shit, they will shut you down. It's a matter of time. They're going to shut you down. And that's really what all this is, is algorithmically, this whole fake news and all this stuff, they, it's, I think if there's a conspiracy here, the conspiracy is the ability trying to automate, keyword, automate the process of controlling information on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. That's what this is about. Yeah. And they will just shut you down. Even if you just trip it the wrong way. And if you fall, if you happen to be one of those that, that, that falls, you know, if you're the dolphin in the net with the tuna too bad, 
you know, I mean, the, there's nothing you can do about yeah, it. Yeah, that's is a good. I baby. think that's a really good analogy. The dolphin that gets caught up in the net with the tuna. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like if you just trip trip the wrong wire or whatever, and it does have a chilling effect, of course. Sure. Like any kind of calling of free speech does. Um, but oh, I, mean, I think it's, still it's interesting. Scary. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that they're trying to automate it because it shows that they know that there's no way that they can possibly manually control it. In, in, information on the internet no you can't keep you know? an eye on everything like that and and humans like, and you can't rely on humans to to report right no like, which to, like, is a good thing yeah in my opinion snitch on whatever deputize yeah. people to snitch on pages or whatever. yeah i mean you could argue well this is a great job creation opportunity you know we could hire real people to to really uh cull and cultivate oh yeah you know, that when uh, the what's... robots take over all their jobs we can just hire them to read the fake news on the internet <laughs> right right yeah fake and what's real yeah, exactly. But the problem is you can't do that because humans will often, you know, as humans are, they'll think in, they will. The, at, even at points when you think that they're just like totally attached to the hive mind and in groupthink, they'll think individually and they'll be like, you know what? No, nah, I kind of like his posts. Those aren't bad. And they won't delete it. But, you know, the 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 powers that be, they them those, you know, want that account shut down. And so you don't want a human to do it because you don't want someone that has agency. You know, you want something that is automatic and that does what you more or less program it to do. Of course, I mean, you know, people have been trying to do that through behavioral experiments, which I mean, not that Facebook would ever do behavioral experiments on humans unwittingly. Oh, shit. Wait. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, In fuck. fact, not just once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, they did it on like like uh, three quarters of a million people. Oh, yeah. Who never signed any consent form. Well, well they did. They just never read. You they know. just didn't know it. <laughs> they, they didn't realize it. <laughs> but is it signing a consent <laughs> form if you're not even aware that you did? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, get out that week. Velociraptor meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given consent if you didn't even know you did? I mean, <laughs> yes. So. So, you know, behavioral experiments have been done on humans for a very long time to try and get them to just be like computers that you can program. But uh, uh, honestly, it, it doesn't seem to really work very well. Uh, I mean, in some ways, it seems to you create a status quo like we were talking about earlier. But then also there's, you know, that little that net that that really annoying thing, I think, to, uh, you know, to, to those that dominate that being empathy uh, that kicks in every once in a while with people. And they're like, no, you know what? Let's let that Jew go. You know, or something like that. You know, or let's. Oh fuck! I lost it. Let no, I my went people to the go. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm gonna let that account slide. You know, it's so where an algorithm won't let that shit slide, or at least it's not. Or if it does, it's not because of a choice. Yeah, imagine when Ethereum starts uh, get getting delegated to make these cuts. That, you <laughs> it's know, be even more ruthless. This this happens a lot in the blockchain space. It's kind of died down. Where like they do they do kind of songs about they'll take like a pop song or something and they'll turn it into something about blockchain. Oh yeah. I love I want, those. Yeah. I want somebody to take like imagine by John Lennon <laughs> and have it be about Ethereum. Like, you know, <laughs> Oh, I think we should do that. Yeah. yeah and just have it be idea. like, you know, imagine all the people thinking exactly the same being programmed and controlled <laughs> by the tyranny of the code and, you know, never, never having agency again and giving their lives to the blockchain and you know. and then like the song never finishes because the singer gets droned like in the middle of the song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and it says the Church of Vitalik <laughs> and his violent worshippers too. <laughs> and oh, and sorry. by the way, there's no one thousand X investments left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs>
<laughs> that was great. <laughs> I think we should. I'm going to write this shit yeah, down. <laughs> Bat myself on the back right now, even though it really is your idea. You inspired it, love. So uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, this is just like when YouTube accounts get shut down. Like, what are you? What are you complaining about? Did you? I'm sorry. Did you pay some kind of money? Right. To store all that video. Yeah, that's right. And you can yeah. say, well, I was paying for ads and all stuff. Well, what? You paid. T- uh, come on. Like, <laughs> really? This the, It's the nature of the beast. He who giveth also taketh away. Yeah. But, yeah right. Lord Zuckerberg <laughs> giveth and he right. taketh away. Yeah, that's right. And, and I mean, and you really don't have a leg to stand on. Oh, you got a million followers. Good for you. For And what did you pay to get all that? Oh, yeah. fucking nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and are so, you entitled to keep them? Yeah. Right. And so I just I think people are 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 goddamn morons for trying to build audiences and not even that. I think doing Are ac- they morons or are they just trying to do the best they can in the world that we've been given or found ourselves in? I think they're right, for I don't some think of them idiots. For so. some of them that's true. Yeah. I do not have that same sympathy for libertarians. <laughs> and I will tell you why. why. Not, because Brian. hey capitalists, pay for your shit. You know, like really put the money down. Oh, yeah, I okay? get it. You, you see look, a hypocrisy there. Oh right yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. I mean, come on, you're you guys, oh yeah, the free market, blah, blah, blah. Well then put the money, put your money where your mouth is. It's a saying we've had in humanity for a long time. And man, you know, but oh, but it, it's something that that's for free gets taken away from Oh my god, it's the end of the world. Oh. Yeah, I mean it, Right. When it's a baker who doesn't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding, then it's like free association. You know, yeah. this is just the free market. People have the right to discriminate. Yep. When YouTube bans Alex Jones or who's someone you don't, Stephen Molyneux, someone you don't like or whatever, yeah. then it's like, oh, this is censorship. This is the worst <laughs> thing. They, they shouldn't be able to do that. This comp- This big company has too much power. They need to be... <laughs> Something needs to be done about this. And yeah, you know, and look, their leg- their concerns are like, I get it. I get their arguments. I get what they're saying. But first off, like you pointed out brilliantly, it's not they it, they don't apply that equally. They don't apply that across the board. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, folks, you know, if you're hearing this and you're like thinking, well, maybe this, you know, maybe this is true. Like. We're, well, stop we're really using not, this stuff. That was the point I was going to say. Stop using this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to say, like, we're not trying to beat up on anyone or make you feel bad or insult you or anything like that. No, it's really. just that it's good to it's just good to question like your biases every once in a while. Like, hmm, am I am I be curious about it? Right? Like, am I being hypocritical about something? You know, am yeah. I am? Do I have a double standard in my mind? Hmm, maybe I want to think about that a little bit more. Right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like we're all trying to learn here, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, th- this this just I, like I get it. I expect this. I predicted this. The point that I brought up that these algorithms are designed to just control information on these platforms on the internet in general is one I've been making for at least three years, uh, at least. And so this, this doesn't surprise me at all. It was just a matter of time before this. I mean, and this isn't even the first time, but it was just a matter of time that this sort of thing happened. Um, I got algorithmically, you know, put into what they call Facebook jail. It's really, it was the kind of the nail in the coffin for me on using Facebook. I'm like, okay, I'll just stop using your service now. So how did that actually happen? That what? it was an algorithm in here. I, I talked about this, uh, whenever it was like, a I year know, ago but remind so. me cause I forgot about it. Yeah. So I shared a picture of, uh, of Jean gray and, and rogue from the X-Men, uh, 
kissing each other, you know, fully clothed. A cartoon. Yep. Uh, it was artistry. I, I never, I almost never, if ever, have I shared um, like live, li- shall we say live action erotic mm-hmm. art. I, I never, I, I share drawn uh, erotic art, but never like live action. Um, Ethically sourced pornography. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> no one was harmed in the creation. Of right. So, uh, so in in my own at the time, because people the year previous, a bunch of people came up to me at Porkfest that we were attending. Not not this past one, but the one I guess previous to that. And they said, look, we really want a Facebook group. Would you please just fucking do it? And I finally said, all right, fine. Like, you know, you, it was enough people where I said, OK, I'll, I'll make a Facebook group. And so I made it. And and it was private. Like I made sure that it was this lockdown. You could only get in by like more or less by invite. I mean, like this was locked down. No one was going to accidentally get into this because I knew shit was going to get hot. I knew shit was going to get sexy, right? If anything, by me putting it in there, let alone what other people were sharing in there. And 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 Satan bless those women. <laughs> I mean, that were sharing incredible stuff on there and saying incredible things. People, you know. Any anyway. Um, my point being is that when I shared that picture, there was a previous incident, but when I shared that picture of Jean Grey and Rogue in this private, super private group, it the algorithm nobody reported it in the group. Mm-hmm. It was the algorithm caught it and and locked my account for like I don't know however many days. And I just I was like, you know what, F- fuck this, like that that that's it. I'm I'm just I'm done uh, with that. And you know, talk about hypocrisy. I shared the same picture. And significantly worse, quote unquote worse, I, that means it's good, um, on Instagram and no problem. Facebook doesn't even like apply this stuff across the board. You know, fa- Facebook does not, is not, uh, you know, equally, their rules change based upon like, it's, it's hilarious because, well, if they're doing this to protect people, uh, why aren't they doing it on all the platforms that they own? Like that, that right. doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they're, you know, they're full of shit. I mean, that that's just like, like Fox news, right? It reminds, it's one of my favorite things. And, and one of the things that actually got me into anarchism slash libertarianism years ago, you know, over, well, I guess a decade ago now, um, was that when I found out that Rupert Murdoch owned Fox news, but then he also owns news stations in Europe and they're all left. They're all leftist. They're all and it's like, wait a minute. If That's the guy, interesting. Yeah. If the guy running Fox News, you know, conservative central is also running leftist news just right. across the pond. So the principle isn't right wingery. It no. is making money. Yeah. It's just a money making deal. <laughs> yeah. And, and Galvanizing people who already believe something anyway and just po- get, tossing them bones of what they want to hear. Right. <laughs> so And hopefully making money in the process. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, that's the this, principle. This doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting example that you brought up. Yeah. So, I mean, Facebook's the same way, yeah. obviously. And, and yeah, that's, I, that fact, really shows what it's all about. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes no, no, there. No, 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 please. I was just thinking it, what you were saying the story reminded me of uh, one time when I got banned from Facebook. <laughs> and I think we, we did a show about this. This was like maybe th- four years ago or five years ago, something like that. Um, you and I used to be on another show called Free Talk Live. 
Uh, it was yeah. a libertarian radio show, and they had a Facebook page, and they would share memes and stuff and pictures. And we were admins of the Facebook page because we, at the time, were co-hosts on the show. Right. So we got admin privileges, although I never really shared anything on that page except, like, to say, hey, the show's starting or whatever. Um, but somebody reported something that they shared because mm-hmm. they didn't like it or whatever. And then Facebook put a suspension on all the admins of the page, and... You and I both got caught up in that, and we couldn't use our personal Facebook for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. I remember this. this was some Australian bullshit. Yeah. Right. And then it, yeah. it gets it gets increasingly harsh. The punishments keep escalating until morale improves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so first you're banned for like one day, and then it's the second time it's three days, and then the next time it's like 30 days. Right. And you could get locked out of your personal account for 30 days. And that's like, a, you know, if you come to rely on it to communicate with people or whatever, it's like, you know, that's not cool. Like that's kind yeah. of a too much risk to take. So I asked to be de-admin from the page or I remove myself or something like that because I didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was stupid. And then later, I, you know, I, we haven't really talked about this much on the show. It was like an amicable parting from Free Talk Live. But I actually recently like unfollowed the Free Talk Live page because they were sharing a lot of like anti-feminist shit. And I just, I just didn't want to talk, that crossed the boundary with me. Sure. So sure. I just took it off. No, I don't even follow it anymore. Well, yeah, all right. So you're getting into a point that I think is important to bring up, which is like how much. And I, I guess there's people who this does work on. That's the only thing I can imagine is that there are. And I know there's been some very actually listeners who I'm sure are hearing my voice right now, uh, very kind ones that have felt that like what I have posted on Facebook or whatever actually has changed their mind or affected them or something like that. For me. I've, I've never, there's never been like a post or a meme or some other thing where I've just gone, oh, you know, I've gone where like, wow, that I've been wrong all these years, <laughs> you know, like, like, I, I mean, that that's just, that's never happened. Yeah. Right. That, uh, and so that, that's the thing is that like, even this whole concept of like doing online activism, which is kind of the concern here with these 800 accounts. Uh, I think it's I think it's nonsense. I think it, it's yeah, like you're, voting. You're largely preaching to the choir anyway. You're yeah. ra- you're largely talking to people who already agree with you. Yeah, or who are already searching for that hashtag mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um you're not you're not you're just not going to convince people. Yeah. Um So stop trying. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I really I think all of this I mean, and I get it, hashtag me too. It's nice to have that awareness and everything, but that awareness really came from the fact that that, you know, the news and like at a lot of major events it was being covered. Not because it was on social media, just like how I was saying that earlier, you know, promoting your podcast on social media isn't going to do jack shit. Mm-hmm. It's getting other people to talk about it or it's getting onto a show like Free Talk Live, um, you know, f- to where to where like it gets out there through that other venue. Like those are the things that make something happen. I just I don't necessarily you know, people say, well, but Facebook and Twitter were used for, you know, various revolutions around the world and so on. Well, arguably also Facebook has been used to assist with genocide, but that's, that's another, you know, uh, that has to do with Myanmar. That, that's a whole other, you know, situation. Um, but, you know, you can make that, that argument, but then at the same time, like these were people already ready to rebel. Mm-hmm. It's not like it incited the revolution. Mm-hmm. It might've been a tool that they used during it like a catalyst yeah yeah right. i mean but it's not barely even that mm-hmm. it's not even a catalyst like these people are already at that mindset 
And and that's the thing. I I really I think like all of this online activism, like Facebook at, or we we had a term for that, not Facebook activists or something like that, but mm-hmm. fa- I guess just Facebook activists or mm-hmm. Facebooktarians or something like that. Like I mean, it's a fucking waste. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, it's like voting, where it just makes you feel like you did something when you yeah. didn't do anything at all. You're yeah, not changing shit. The only way you change is by creating, in my opinion. Um, I mean, and you really could, creating. You could get shared. I don't know, sh- shared experiences or community, or you could bond or feel close with people who agree with you, right? Like you could use it for the community aspects, but yeah, I agree. Like maybe we shouldn't fool ourselves and think we're changing anyone's mind because we're the yeah. statistics or data shows we're not. Yeah. And, and now, even if you thought it was working, the system is the technologies, the algorithms are being built and used now as the story shows to even if you think you're doing some kind of good, they're going to shut you down, you know? And so, and don't, 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 I don't know how many times I'd say this. Don't think, well, fuck, I'll just do, I'll move my activism to Mastodon or I'll move my activism to Instagram. You stallion. You just said the rules are different on different ones for now. It's a matter of time. Again, so much of this stuff and, and yeah, I get it. It's depressing, but so much of the shit is if it's not, if it's when, it's when they're going to implement it. It's when they're going to shut you down. Yeah. Um, you know, the democratizing ability of the or democratizing elements of the Internet. There's still some out there. OK, but the average grandma is not using it. She'll never use it. Um, you know, maybe grandma's smart. That, that <laughs> you, you know, that 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 attractive person in high school is not using it, you know, and so on. So don't. Well, I shouldn't say that, but you get my point. I'm speaking in very general terms, stereotypical terms, I guess. Uh, but, you know, just don't don't count on this stuff. And and it's going away. Any of the democratizing abilities that like your ability to, you know, if you I mean, look, I love Lindsey Sterling, like from the bottom of my heart. Uh, she's not an anomaly, but she was at right place at right time on YouTube. That's not happening again. OK, like that kind of thing just isn't going to go down like like, you know, YouTube, the way it, the rules of YouTube have almost done a complete 180 on how you even make money on it. Like, I mean, it's just, that's not how this shit works uh, anymore. And so that's something to really consider is that the internet itself as it stands today is no longer the democratizing force that it once was. And by design, it's becoming less and less. So, uh, you know, if, if Zuckerberg and company have anything to say about it. So anyway, um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you go ahead? I'm going to, you know, mentioning that I'm going to get into a little ad here. because. <laughs> As much as ads have taken over the internet, unfortunately, um, you know, I'm very selective in who I allow to sponsor the show. And if you want to become a sponsor, feel free to email me, bbs at sovereigntech.com. But the point I'm bringing up is that we really do need some kind of alternatives to the internet as we know it. Well, here's, here's one of those potential alternatives, and that is Horizon, H-O-R-I-Z-E-N. And I want you to go to the website horizon.global. Now, Horizon is formerly Zencash, uh, which I and still was and still so excited about. Um, you know, we're talking about encryption using ZK Snarks baked in from the very beginning. Um, all kinds of censorship uh, resistant technologies being baked in. It's an entire platform with the ability in a very real sense. In fact, when I interviewed Rob Viglione on the show um, to talk about what the time it was Zencash, but now Horizon, um, you know, I even said, it's like, you know, Rob, it sounds like, you know, you're you're building an alternative Internet, baby. And he says, yeah, he says, I'd like it to get there. I think it could. 
And bingo, that's exactly it. That's a solution is that you, I mean, this stuff needs to get licked and rebuilt from the ground up. Right. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm reminded of it's one of my favorite uh, kind of analogies for explaining, you know, perhaps the Internet and certainly social media is that you could think, wow, what an incredible innovation that we're able to talk to people instantly and we're able to have these big conversations and all that. Well, the analogy that I often use is, uh, you know, the Romans thought that plumbing was an incredible uh, advancement for humanity. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. You know, you could, you, you didn't have to smell shit everywhere when you're walking around the glorious city. Right. Uh, but the very pipes that they were using to interconnect all of that plumbing, to make that plumbing, to make that system work was made, were made out of lead. And so this incredible human advancement, this high technology, which in ancient Rome plumbing was, was literally driving them insane. It was driving the Romans insane. And I think the same can be said for, you can say that, wow, you know, so much of the internet and social media and all that is this incredible advancement, you know, and it is, it's, it's amazing to think that this came together the way it did, but it could be driving us all insane. So let's look at some alternatives, shall we? And one of the alternatives I want you to check out and get involved with is Horizon. So go to horizon.global. Uh, that, that is their website. And like I said, get involved today because I think this is the kind of stuff that we need. I mean, and it's got cryptocurrency built in blockchain. I like blockchains. I really do. <laughs> I do a segment on them every week. So uh, check it out, horizon.global. And I thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. So the hits just keep on coming because we're not done with Facebook yet. Oh, no. <laughs> but Can't we unfollow it or something? I know, right? <laughs> um, well, funny thing is that while we were recording, uh, of all things, I actually, someone uh, messaged or there's a community tab. Speaking of alternatives, kind of alternatives, um, on Patreon, you have a community tab for whatever account you happen to be following or that you're a patron of. Mm-hmm. Um and there, you know, patrons can share whatever the fuck they want and it works, you know, you can heart things and you can comment underneath and reply it works, you know, very similarly say to like a Facebook group or something mm. like that. Um, but I just got one from, uh, from a guy there. Won't mention the name, keep that anonymous. And, uh, so he got, he got put in Facebook jail for a post he thought was funny and appropriate for a group titled wicked humor, which that sounds like, yeah, you might as well, you know, crack whatever joke you want. So, but now he's saying he's, uh, giving thought to leaving it. And he says he's looked at Twitter and Mastodon, think just doesn't think that they're the same, but you know, he, he's wondering like what are what are some options to go with um other than say uh Facebook. But you know, that's that's something I want to really chew on be, because like I said, the problem here really is is the I think the concept in the abstract is a real problem. Which um, concept? The concept of social media, or at least social media that scales to the millions of users. I think might be the problem. I think if there was, you know, it's terrible. I can't think of the name of it right now, but there was, it began with a P not, it wasn't Plex. That's a media server. Um, fuck. I, I can't think of it, but there, it was very popular, like in Korea and in some other places where it was a social media that only lets you have 150 friends. Uh, it was a social media platform. It was an app. I know it began with a P someone's yelling it out right now. And I could probably type it in uh, Google or something and it would come up, but, uh, I, I don't care that much anyway, like that kind of idea maybe is the way to go. Like where you by design, it's meant to be kept small, but again, that shows the fact that that never took off 
shows what this is really all about. It's not about you having meaning, meaningful connections with people online. It's about advertising and about, you know, dollar signs, mm-hmm. you know, dollars getting made. And you can't do that if you're only schlepping out to 150 people at a time, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why I think that failed, even though that might be the better way really to, to go, uh, as far as social media goes. Um, in fact, you know, I want to look it up now. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Like, you know, keeping within your Dunbar number. I mean, how do you feel about like, Stephanie, you're very popular. You know, you have like 5,000 followers on or friends, right? Um, no, I don't. You don't, you don't. You're not maxed out? No. In fact, I was just thinking, how many friends do I have on Facebook? And I always say friends in quotes because it's more like connections. It's not. Yeah. Most of those people are not my friends. So over the past year or so, mm-hmm. I've been aggressively cutting people. Um, like uh-huh. people that I was afraid to unfriend for a while. Um, I no more. I'm setting boundaries. If they post something, usually it's something misogynistic, something right. that shows what they really think about women. Um, I just cut them. Yeah. And that's been great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. my feed has been cleaned up a lot. Uh, I don't troll for them. Like, I don't really post bait to try to lure out the misogynists. But if they eventually show their true colors with their own posts, usually, and I'll, I'll just be have no qualms about cutting them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, you know, I can't fucking find the name of that of that app. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it began with a P, and I, I, I tried to do a very I quick I remember you talking about that, too, yeah. and I don't remember the name of it either. But, I mean, obviously, it hasn't become, it hasn't gained enough popularity. No, because it can't for what social media is right. designed to do, which it's not. Which again, is make you a product. Right. Yeah. It's not about it's not about connecting with people. It's just not. Well, uh, you you were saying like I'm popular and that's that's funny because like I grew up in school. Oh, yeah. Uh, being probably thinking of myself as one of the least popular people in my school. Sure. You know, I didn't feel popular in the least and I had trouble making friends and I had no siblings. So I was alone a lot right. and I was a loner and I, I had a lot of difficulty with social interactions. And then as I got older, I was very curious about how to make friends and how to keep them. Yeah. And I've been learning about it for the last 10 years or so. And it hasn't been easy at times. Um, and, so it's funny when you say that I'm popular because I I still don't really think of myself as popular. There was one time when I wanted to be popular, yeah, to make up for what I didn't get when I was growing up. Right. But um, I feel less like that now, like I need to be popular. Instead, I just want like quality over quantity. So uh, that's one of the reasons I've been calling my Facebook friends list aggressively. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You know, and not putting myself out there as much. I used to, you know, I've gone through some periods where I put myself out there in a public way on the internet and put out ideas, wrote articles or did podcasts and stuff like that. I've kind of calmed down on that lately because, again, like, I don't want to be popular. I don't want to have just a lot of people who know who I am or whatever. Um, I kind of want to be in the shadows a little bit more or more privacy rather than popularity. And um, I want to emphasize quality over quantity. Now, I think that if you were doing a social network or some kind of social media or trying to just keep in touch with your large Dunbar circle of maybe 150 people max, Uh that could be accomplished by just email. 
you know you could yeah. send out a you could send out a form email once a month a yeah. personal newsletter if you will that gives an update to your friends and family on what's going on for you and maybe share some pictures or whatever um you don't i don't think you really need a social network for that and that might be why that one failed or didn't you know wasn't so popular but i mean you can also do that on facebook if your friends and family are on facebook you could have a, a private group for family or something like yeah, that yeah but even that can again run into problems mm-hmm. like i had yeah. as private a group as you could possibly get if something just happened to trip that algorithm yeah. man you yeah, know like it, like it, it's it's over so sure. yeah well i'll tell you one that you can't go to mm-hmm. you know I, there is more facebook i want to talk about in a little bit here but i think this is a little more appetent to break into um you can't run to google plus if you if you're looking for an alternative <laughs> that you thought maybe'd be a little safer, um, yeah, you cannot run to Google Plus because uh, Google earlier this week, again, we are in October 2018, uh, announced that they are going to shut it down. Of course, they didn't just announce that. They also announced that like way back, I think in February or March of this year, that there was an exploit and information from some odd, I think 500,000 accounts or so, uh, maybe it was more than that, that they, that, that were, you know, was potentially leaked. Mm -hmm. Um, now let's be clear here. Google never told anybody. In fact, they didn't tell, this was so fucking strategic to a report this vulnerability B make it seem like that. In fact, you know, here's the funny thing. This is the right thing to do. Okay shut down the social media site. <laughs> like, this is what I've been saying this whole episode. Like I'll give Google a little bit of credit. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we just shut this baby down? You know? And, and, and it's amazing that Google plus is still around, you know, because I mean, really how many people use it? I mean, yeah, I guess Alex Jones used it when he got banned everywhere else. He ran there. Of course, is that are, I mean, I could just imagine Alex Jones saying they're shutting down Google plus because I was taking it over, you know, and, and I, I, I could really picture <laughs> yeah, he would say that. Yeah, he would. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is very careful marketing because you had, they, they announced and the only, again, I mentioned it earlier, the only information I think that even might've went out, I mean, it's bad, it's still bad. But it seems like it was pretty, pretty tame, the info that could have gone out there. But I mean, for some people, leaking a phone number is life or death, you know, I mean, and, and let's be, let's be empathetic here. It's not like you could say, well, that person should have never put it on Google plus no, for like a good two, three, four years, Google was trying to bake all other Google services into Google plus and have Google plus be the central hub. So there might be information shared there. You had no idea mm-hmm. was a part of Google plus just because of the centralized nature, the, the centralized nature of what Google was trying to do with Google plus for a good long while. Yeah. And in fact, I remember um, at the time when Google plus was active, maybe like five years ago, yeah. I was just building a website for my business. Uh-huh. And I remember like researching SEO and how to get um, traction for my post and do content marketing. Yeah. And they were saying that if you share something on Google Plus, it actually boosts the ranking in Google. Yes. And so that was the only reason I was using Google Plus for a long time. Right. Just sharing my blog posts. Yeah. I mean, there's incentivizing the fuck out of this thing. It still didn't take off. Yep. Um, but they sure as hell tried. But that's the thing is that, you know, you might not know that your information was put there because of the way that Google was doing business, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they were setting up the platform and everything. I mean, there was a time where if you installed, you know, where, where literally every Android phone, unless you're putting on, uh, you know, CyanogenMod at the time or what's now LineageOS, but even then if you put in G apps, you'd get it, where 
it, every Android phone had Google plus, like you were, I mean, you didn't have to log into it, I suppose, but it was there, you know, I mean, this is, this is a very, this is a very real concern, you know, and you might think that, well, I haven't used it in years. What could possibly be there? You don't know if you haven't looked in years, you have no idea what's on, what's on that site. So this is pretty ugly. The right thing to do. Absolutely. Shut the site down. It should have been shut down years ago. Okay. But it's about time that it did, but it's very clever marketing because you announce that quote unquote hack, then you give them the solution. And then the following day you have your big event where you're releasing all new hardware and you got all this quote unquote cool right. shit coming out. Right. How long did they know about that before they announced it or whatever? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They, I mean, as far as the, as far as the exploit, they knew about it for months mm. and they never told anybody. And this is, this is a, you know, but again, I just want to bring up that this is very, they knew when to announce this. Mm -hmm. They waited months. Okay, because they're like, well, everybody will forget about it because we're going to have the Pixel 3 XL come out the next day. So who gives a shit, mm -hmm. right? We'll mm -hmm. tell them now, and then again, they'll forget about it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give them a new Google Home, and they're just gonna, they're going to love us again because you know we're we're Google and we're awesome. Uh, I'm being sarcastic, but um, you know the point I do want to bring up is that you know we only I can only tell you about the exploits that we know about. You know, that, that these companies either uh, uh, report, you know, or divulge or stuff that gets leaked. But th that's, that's the only way we know, you know, like, and in fact, like nobody knew about this with Google Plus and I can understand why, because who the hell's researching Google Plus for fucking anything, you know, let alone security leaks. Uh, there's, there's probably like, if you needed an argument for locking your shit down, there's probably a million exploits going against every account you've got that you have no idea that they're happening, but these companies don't have to tell you, you know? And I think that's the thing is people were thinking, yeah, well, eventually they, we find out. Eventually they have to tell us. Google apparently didn't yeah, have well, to tell what, anybody. What happens in the meantime? Yeah, right. I mean, and, and you could say that it was, you know, they can say that they fixed it or that they did this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, great. You know, but you could have told me uh, that it happened. So that way, if I feel like, well, I'd like to take the extra measure of changing my password, I'd like to hook up a YubiKey, I'd like to do this and that. And look, Google's pretty good about security. I'm not going to knock them, you know, as far as like everyday run of the mill security. But this is, this is a problem, <laughs> you know, that, that we might not know about this stuff for months. Um, you know, hopefully it gets fixed quick enough, but we, we just might not know about it. Uh, so yeah, Google plus is shutting down. So don't bother trying to go to that. I, I couldn't be happier because there's a lot of little stupid groups. I think that I was still somehow a part of Google plus and I didn't care. And I would still get like the emails and notifications and someone would want to join it. Uh, so when this is all finally shut down and done, I mean, that's just one less account I'm going to have to worry about. And I'm happy about that. Account minimalism is important. Have yeah. As, have as few as possible. Definitely. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Now I feel like since we've talked about the Google plus thing, sure. Um, we should maybe get back to this person's question a little bit. And I think um, I want to relate it back to you, Brian. And y let me know, like, I'm not trying to psychologize you or anything like that. And if this is too personal, just let me know and we can cut it out. But sure. this guy was wondering about, like, how what alternatives can you use to find connection in this world if you uh -huh. don't like the rules of the, the stupid game of Facebook or other big social media platforms? Yeah. How do you actually find connection and community? It's a real challenge sometimes, isn't it? And I, Brian, you and I, I think, have both been feeling lately a little bit lonely at times. Oh, sure. Oh, we, sure. We've had over the past few years, we've had some, some local friends that have moved away. 
Yeah. And that was sad. It was like a loss when that happened. Absolutely. I mean, you feel like a an emptiness in your life a little bit when you don't have those friends around. We live in kind of a remote area where there aren't too many, like, you know, uh, local friendships aren't super accessible because they often involve driving an hour plus mm-hmm. to see somebody that we want would want to hang out with. And sometimes you just feel like staying home over the weekend or whatever. And yeah. uh, it's more convenient to hang out with someone in your in your own town. But there's a dearth of people <laughs> that are readily available like that. Um, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about what should we do about this, right? Uh-huh. Should we go out, join a gym, do some sports, try to meet some people there? That's going to have problems that associate with it, right? Because, you know, our how much are our values and what we have in common with those people really going to align necessarily? I think right. we're both a little bit skeptical of that. Um, you know, uh, we prefer to meet people that for friendships that really share our values to a high level. And the best way to do that seems to be like, you know, the show or putting ourselves out on the internet. Mm -hmm. But those people usually aren't local. So it's a conundrum. What do we do? It's a, it's a quandary. (laughs) It's a quandary. It's a quandary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think we have great answers to this, this question. Like we're still trying to figure it out for ourselves But I think it starts with acknowledging that people use social media, I think, out of a desire to connect and out of a desire to find friendships or people just that they can share experiences with. Yeah. Right. But when there's a danger when it becomes like all of your connection happens online. Right. Yeah. Which is very commonplace today, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and this goes for a lot of things like even gaming. I love playing games, video games with other people, but I want them next to me. You know, fuck, I mean, believe me, I've been doing an online multiplayer since anybody really even had a fucking clue what that was. Okay. Back in, you know, back in the early nineties and even, you know, anyway, um, yeah, I want people with me. I want them in the room. Um, I have to, I'm glad you, you brought this up and and I will talk about this a little bit and it actually leads very nicely into our next little story. And then we've got a fun review to get into. Um, I'm just. I know exactly what to say. I, you do. You do. You're a professional. You know, you're just, you're the boss. And so I, I have to, people are going to love this. I have to check my privilege. <laughs> okay. And I, I use that kind of jokingly, meaning that, okay, I have the love of my life, Aww. you know, in you, um, I have. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just looking yeah. visually. Over, else I was just looking no. over my shoulder. I'm like, who? Who's he talking? Yeah. Oh, it's me. Ah, oh, yeah. Thank so, you, Brian. You're yeah. the love of my life too. Yeah. So I have that. Not everybody does. Not. I mean, almost no one. I think on this planet has what we have. No, we're very lucky. Yeah. That we okay. found each other. And I also have. Ironically, I have a lot of people like who who are honestly are dying to talk to me, like who who want to connect with me. You know. Um, I have, I have friends that are just, you know, wonderful, beautiful people, um, you know, in, in my life, some of them are far away, you know, and the thing is is that I, and the reason I use the phrase, check my privilege is that I am in the position where like, I can be pissed off at social media and I can say, fuck social media and my social life isn't over Mm. and my needs I mean, I still have needs that need to get met, but a lot of my needs are met. And in fact, most of them are met obviously in you. And 
you know, also I have admittedly, I have a podcast that I know thousands of people like just love, or at the very least they listen to it. And so I have a lot of, I have a lot of social cues and signals that can give me the confidence to say, you know, yeah, fuck Facebook. Like I don't need that kind of connection. I don't need that crap. I don't need that stuff in my life. And I have to be, you know, I, I forget that sometimes, you know, that I am in a, a somewhat of a privileged position to, to, to make, to feel that way, you know, um, I mean, I could come up with analogies of, you know, rich people and starving babies and stuff if I wanted to, but, but bottom line being is that, you know, I need to be aware of that. And I mean, the thing is though, is that regardless of whether I had the love of my life or not, or I had, you know, amazing friends or whatever, um, I've never felt comfortable with, with online conversation, uh, in, in this way. Um, like the only place I ever felt really comfortable was like an IRC, uh, but that's not even, that's a whole other can of worms, uh, to, to talk about. So yeah. Um, like I, you know, even with Skype, like you and I have had Skype conversations with friends, you know, everywhere, you know, all over the place. And that's not even good enough for me. Like the video is just, just doesn't do it. It doesn't. It, and part of it is, is that for me personally, there's so many parts of a social interaction that have to do with a person being near you mm -hmm. that have to do with being in the room right down to breathing person's size, like lots of things, body language, body language, nonverbal, yeah. nonverbal communication. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That you, you lose, you know, in any, I mean, virtual reality is the only thing that could possibly like even attempt to emulate it, which is part of why I'm so excited about virtual reality. Uh, but yeah, you lose, you lose it in any, in any other medium and other than the person actually being there. And that sucks, you know, and you even lose a lot of conversation capabilities. Like, you know, maybe you want to say to a guy, wow, you smell awesome, man, you know, or, you know, or you want to give them a hug. Mm -hmm. Like when I first moved to New Hampshire, I, I've said this so many times and, and, and again, I'm, it's coming up. I don't know if I've mentioned this on a prime episode recently, but it's coming up on, uh, seven years that I've been in New Hampshire come October 28th this mm. year, 2018. The first thing that really blew my mind is how all the guys here hug each other. Like we just hug each other all the time, man. Like the amount of, you know, I, I say this a lot that there are that the two things, one of the two things, anyway, I'll say one of the, or the two things wrong with the world. I'll tell you both of them is that people don't tell each other how they really feel and they don't. And, and, and online doesn't, isn't how you really feel, or it isn't how you'd really interact anyway. Right. Because if you're in the room with somebody and they're like, I don't know, some big burly person or something like that. I bet you wouldn't say that asshole comment to them, mm -hmm. you know, or just because you're near them, you'd feel empathy for them or something. And you wouldn't say those things. So online does not allow for authentic communication in my, it, like we've been saying this whole episode. So one thing is that people don't really say how they feel. The other is that there isn't enough touch in the world. And I mean, here's, here's your, you know, here's your number one criminal is social media of keeping touch from being what it is, what it needs to be, what the world needs and I think if guys hugged each other as much around the world and especially in America as they do in, you know, New Hampshire as part of the free state project and all that, fuck, I think we there'd be a lot more peace. You know, I, I really, really do. And so like arguing and fighting for these platforms just feels like antithetical to, you know, like, I mean, like we're talking about all these activists, right? Oh yeah. Anti-war activists. And please fuck. I'm an anti-war activist all the way. I know because I fought in them. 
You know, I like, I believe me, I want, I want that to stop now. Mm-hmm. A fucking tweet isn't going to do jack shit to stop that drone. You know, like it's just not, but I'll tell you a hug. Yeah, I think so. I know that might sound stupid to some people, but fuck you. I, I think absolutely. If people got used to touching each other and talking to each other, you know, authentically, oh hell the change that would happen, the wars that would stop from that. You know, I mean, how did, how did so many wars for hundreds of years? Why were they so easy? Because they were all done via pigeon communication effectively, you know, and that's how it had to be. Like, you know, you sent the, you sent the orders, they take months to get there, but that's why those wars would go on for a hundred years or something like that, because it took a hundred years to tell the general to fucking stop. You know, I mean, it, it it's, so at the same time, I appreciate the media communication that we have today. Like, like, I guess, cause maybe that that's what keeps these wars from, even though the war on terror has been going on for fucking ever. Okay. But no, we need that's to be a cold war. Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. We need to be talking to people and we need to be touching. And without that, it's all for naught, especially the fucking activism. Fuck it. Like it, it, it means jack shit. You're a hug. Well, best, a logical argument, six ways to Sunday every time and uh, oh man i i yeah i get so hot and bothered about this but you're missing more hugs in your life yeah well we just took a hug break they didn't hear hear the editing but we did just take a hug break yeah no that was really nice but i mean i'm sure you you would love to experience hugs with more than just me or even hell even yeah i mean or even just like time alone time away from these screens like a couple weeks ago i went on a hike alone Mm mm-hmm yeah. And, and it just, and I, I didn't look at the phone for anything, you know? And, and it just like, I was able to be in my own goddamn thoughts and I wasn't worried about what someone else was thinking about what the fuck ever on fucking social media and, you know, in this place or that. And I was able to just come to so many beautiful realizations and just be with myself. Not that there aren't other people I want to be with all the time. Of course there are. I want to be with you all the time, but it, it was just that was such a powerful experience to have. And that shouldn't be powerful. It should be the norm. We can't even think straight if we're just staring at the shit and wondering what other people are thinking all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I hear you and I agree. Yeah. It's and really, it's slash. really important. <laughs> it doesn't have to be over, but <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I hear you. Um, I think it's it is really important to take time for yourself because if you don't, no one else will. Yeah, <laughs> they'll just you know encroach on your on your personal time and your thoughts. And so, especially some people, personality types, whatever, introverts, you know, you need more of that alone time. And right. every, everybody needs to recharge their batteries somehow. And so it's up to you to carve that out for yourself. You know, it is easy to just sit on social media all day and then you end up feeling really depressed because of all the problems we've already mentioned and the the pseudo sense of connection. Yeah, you can find people you wouldn't be able to connect with otherwise. And that's wonderful in a way. But then the other side of the the double edged sword of that is that they're far away. You can't touch them. You can't hug them. You can't just easily spend the weekend with them or whatever. Yeah. Hang out. So, um, yeah, it is a double edged sword and we need to figure it out and make sense of it and and somehow incorporate it into our life in a way that that really makes us happy. And that can be a real challenge sometimes. We need to find a balance. So, I mean, I, I guess I don't have the, the exact answers, but I'm totally supportive of you going on as many hikes as you want and figuring this out however 
you think is best. Yeah. You know? No, I appreciate that, Gorgeous. And, you know, a funny thing is that earlier I was saying, we were talking about social media, and I was saying how, you know, some technologies work very well in a professional space, but they work like shit in the consumer space in the everyday for the everyday individual. Like they're not, they're, they're the exact opposite. They're a net negative. They're, they're, they're bad. Um, yeah, I think that the interconnected world, the ultimate end should be like, should be that we actually get together in meat space. Like the benefit is being able to like, maybe the greatest thing that to some degree, social media and you know, the internet in general has allowed for is it allows for people to do their job from anywhere at home, wherever you want to call home, you know, and you don't have to go to the office anymore. That's great. Okay. Like that, that's, that's a really empowering thing because that allows you that ability to, for the professional world to take advantage of technology allows you to get your personal world in order, meaning you get to be in the room with the people you know that you want to be like i love the fact that that we're home all day mm-hmm. you know together and working you know together and we can just stop and talk to each other and whatever else um that's how we should be looking at it not that it allows yes it allows us to live and work from anywhere but not that we should be separated from each other because of that you know so anyway okay that enough of that let's um what do you got you got something well, I, yeah, I don't think you have to immediately dismiss your own thoughts by saying, okay, let's move on. Well, like, I, Just take know. a minute to appreciate that. I mean, I think, bottom line, Brian, I hear that you're wanting more real life, more real connection, not like the junk food connection of social media, right. more real connection and right. in-person connection. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the solutions to that are, but, you know, maybe we ought to have more visits with some friends or something like that. Maybe we ought to seek out more local friendships. Maybe we ought to just get offline more and do stuff by ourselves until we realize more answers and more directions that we want to go in. But the bottom line is that you are really needing uh, connection that your <laughs> social media feels really antithetical to right now. Yeah, I need, I need connection with people and a lack of connection from online. Yeah, that right. That because connection can mean different things, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 what I need. But I think, and and I could say, well, you know, and yes, everybody's an individual; they need different things. But I I get the sense that really this is what most people need mm. right now. Yeah. Um, I will gladly say that you don't my think points, you're alone in that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, and I'll gladly say that I think universally, uh, what I said the world is lacking. The two things that the world is always lacking is a lack of touch and telling you put each other how they re- how you really feel. Um, that is universally true in my opinion that's that is a universal um so tell your listeners how you really feel i love them you know <laughs> I, I, I on patreon i say it a lot mm-hmm. i'll say it here i love them you know i mean it's, it's just like like you know you were talking earlier about how uh how you know you weren't popular in school and all that stuff yeah. um you know like one of ironically one of the reward tiers and the idea came to me from a friend who is uh, personally successful of like, you know, setting up pretty much like an, you know, you could do a reward tier on Patreon where like a hundred dollars a month and people can like, you can consult people for an hour and you mm. get to, or you could just talk to them yeah. and, or whatever they want for an hour. And I've had people message me saying, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to be going for that hundred dollar reward tier. And like, I just want to break down and cry 
like not only do people want to talk and they and they tell me they just want to talk to me they just want to hang out you know and i'm just like you know <laughs> like i almost feel bad charging i mean like it's just it's so incredible for me to experience that i mean people would pay to hear me you know or to to hang out with me let alone just want to hang out with me because i i totally understand that i mean i was absolutely the shit kicking nerd you know uh I mean, I got picked on a lot, especially when I was really young. Um, Did that surprise you that anyone would want, would be willing to actually pay to talk to you? Yes and no. It surprised like a younger part of me, Mm -hmm. the older part of me. And I talked about this in our recent Patreon episode. I mean, I get it like too. And I'm not saying this and you, Stephanie, I know, you know how I feel about this. Um, Like I know to a lot of people and I mean, a lot of people I'm, I'm a hero. You know, you are too, but, you know, but I'm a hero. And so like that part's not surprised that people want to spend, you know, time with me. Uh, I don't like that. Or I mean, I, I like it and I don't like it. That's another thing, right? Like, wow, what an honor to have changed people's lives or to be for people to want to be a part of my life or to, to include me in their life, I should say, in that way and that they feel that way about me. Uh, but at the same time, like, oh, fuck, like, folks, if you're not listening to this episode, like I'm still figuring it out. You know, a lot of things, I think I got a lot of it licked, but I mean, you know, there's still things I'm figuring out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's the part of me that wasn't so much surprised is the part that like, again, I get the emails. I know what people say and Mm -hmm. you know it too, Stephanie, you've, you know, you've seen it, heard it. I mean, I'm a hero to a lot of people. And so it sounds like I'm hearing you don't want to be thought of as a guru who has like all the answers or anything, but you do want people to want to connect with you and be your friend, right? Yeah. Reach out to you. Yeah. Talk to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, part of the reason I think, I think one of the unconscious and then later maybe the more conscious reasons that I did the show is for it to be a siren song. I mean, I do this with everything. Like, why the hell do I wear a Starfleet symbol on every fucking, you know, piece of clothing that I have? Why do, why do I do that? Well, because you want someone to notice it and talk to you about it. A Star Trek fan's going to see it and going to be like, whoa, section 31, huh, baby? And, you know, and then it's, it, there it is. You know, there's that connection. It, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for these people. You know, I want them to get it. Why do I, like, if people knew how many times, there's, and there's a couple of people who do know them. Um, one of them is my, co- my co-host for the Star Wars update, uh, Rob. Uh, Rob, mm-hmm. he, you know, he gets it. And he'll, he'll know the quotes when I say them. I quote shit like a hundred times in every episode. I'm quoting some movie or something. And I don't tell people usually that I am. But the people that do know, like, we, all right, so we went, when we went to Europe, one of the people we were with, they said, hey, I got to ask you something. Mm, yes. And I'll, I'll find, I'll, I don't want to reveal it because I actually want people to know mm-hmm. what it's from, but I'll reveal it now. What the hell? And they said, it's like, so at the beginning of your episodes, when it says power on, did you lift that from Captain Power? Like, is that you saying that? Or is that actually Captain Jonathan Power saying that? I'm like, oh, it's me saying it. Well, you got it and you're the first one <laughs> yeah and no one's no one else has ever gotten it give that person a prize <laughs> oh I, I wanted i wanted to buy dinner yeah. i wanted to buy her dinner i mean yeah. it was like like let's we're gonna talk this whole time it's such a special feeling and and i mean because and that's the thing is i do do all these things I'm, I'm i'm inviting people to connect with me come and meet me you know at my level i'm not saying i'm above you i'm just saying come and meet me and that was awesome. That was such a fucking awesome experience, you know, to, to have someone get that. 
like because that's a deep cut most yeah. people don't know captain power you know i mean that means like i love it it's one of my favorite shows ever and but yeah and toy lines but but people yeah anyway i think i, I we kind of went off the rails but no that was actually like very important and i think that was what wanted to come out the whole time <laughs> we're yeah, talking about the social media <laughs> maybe maybe mm. yeah well do you have any other thoughts you want to share on this no um yeah, I just think it's nice. I think that was really honest. Like you, you told your listeners what you're wanting connection, and I hope they'll they'll hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe thanks. there's a greater chance that you know it, at least you'll feel better after sharing it, and maybe you'll get what you're looking for too. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Segue. One of the things I one of the ways I don't want to talk to you is using Facebook Portal. Uh, What's Facebook Portal? <laughs> Facebook Portal is a device. With a camera, run by Facebook. <laughs> Ooh, you're not doing a good job of selling me on this. How, how does everybody feel about that right now? <laughs> <laughs> and is it going to be subsidized by Facebook? Are they going to give everyone one as part of the universal basic income yeah, right. and have them use it to communicate with everybody? It is a matter of time. No, <laughs> um, seems so like it. Facebook portal is a video phone. You know, that video phone that the Jetsons had that was on Tech War, that was on all this different shit that we thought we were going to get. It was in 2001, Space Odyssey. We all thought one day we're going to have a video phone. But it looked like we kind of skipped it. I mean, yeah, we have, uh, you know, uh, fuck time, uh, uh, FaceTime uh, on Apple. Yeah, Sorry. and the functionality in Facebook Messenger. Yep, you can Skype. talk on video, Skype. Yeah, that we mentioned. And, and there's a slew of others that allow for some kind of video chat. Um well, Facebook is going to give you a ready-made device that, that is specifically designed. You, you, you sit it down in your kitchen or whatever, and it is a phone, but it's a video phone. It's literally the video phone, and it doesn't really do anything else. Um, it is just a video phone and it will, it can track you like it can, as in, well, I mean, of course it can track you. It's Facebook, but, <laughs> yeah, right. but tracking, meaning that it follows you, like the camera will follow you as you walk around. Ooh, uh, you know, that's so creepy. That way the person can always see you, uh, you know, that way Zuckerberg's always looking at you. I'm so sorry. This... I mean the person that you're calling, uh, go ahead. So this is like supposed to be like a replacement for the landline. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. When you're in your kitchen cooking lunch or dinner. You, the phone could ring and then you could answer it and still be cooking and someone yeah. could see you and talk to you at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, at face value, no pun intended. Um, like this makes sense for Facebook because just like you said earlier, Stephanie messenger, it's the phone book of the internet. Yeah. You know, tw you Twitter or Facebook messenger. Mm -hmm. That's how you get in touch with people. And you have to have a Facebook account to use this. In fact, a lot of tech journalists had to reactivate their Facebook accounts just to test it out, which that says something, <laughs> you know, when the tech journalists are dumping Facebook, Hey, <laughs> so, uh, so you do, you know, be aware of that, but I mean, this is pretty much, it, it, it's a Skype phone. I mean, it's, I mean, well, actually Facebook does use Skype. I think it's its backend still for video, or maybe they're, maybe they're on their native platform now, but uh, regardless, um, that's what we have here. Now, the reason why I'll ask you, Stephanie, I mean, why do you think video phones, because the ability to do it's been around for a good long while, even though video compression is a genuine issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, why do you think video phones never became a thing? I mean, it's arguable that this is even going to become a thing. I don't know that this is going to sell. I, I just think because you don't need a separate device for it. Like it's mm. just it by the time the technology existed, it it was on it was at our fingertips already ah. as a as a smartphone app. Okay. So you don't need a separate device for it. Yeah. 
like I remember there were a lot of TV shows that were predicting the future back yeah. 20 years ago yeah. or 30. Jetsons. Yeah. And yeah. it was usually it was often in the form of like a watch where you could talk to someone on video chat on your wristwatch. Still watch. hoping for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could with maybe the Apple Watch or something like that. I don't yes. know if FaceTime works on there, but um I just think that the tech I I think that there wasn't a separate device for the video phone because regulation held back the telecom industry. Like, for example, the technology existed for phone calls to be better quality right. long ago, but for because of, I don't know, because of the, the infrastructure and the regulations that held it back. Um, well, it held it back, and the, I, I get you. There's a point to be made there, though. Okay, well... Yeah, go ahead. It, it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't become yeah, yeah, yeah. better quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though it was possible, and so... I think that a lot of technology just skipped over a intermediary device between a landline phone and a smartphone that can run Skype and just directly went to the smartphone that can run Skype. Yeah. That's uh, why I think video phones never became popular. Yeah. So I'm going to give you three things here. And I think all of that, I mean, it's, it's really kind of anyone's guess as to what really went down. Um, Part of the reason that phone technologies never improved, the regulations were designed so that phone lines could survive like really ugly war, you know, like like nuclear attacks, maybe even something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the reason the Internet was initially. You and know, they, they also had to be they were required to be able to hire or sorry, to handle emergency services and emergency calls. Right, right. So like ironically, a lot of the reasons that phone your regular landline phone technology never improved while regulation is bad and unethical. They're not bad, not necessarily bad ideas. Like they're ideas I would actually support like, okay, yeah, we want something that's like hyper redundant and extensible and repair easily repairable and so on. Um, sign me up like, like, you know, me, my tech sensibilities, I'd be all over it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that, but it's still, yes. Would that lead to video phone not becoming a thing? Sure. Because you're not going to stream video, you know, over, the, <laughs> over those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my opinion, I think a, a couple things that, that, that came up as far as that goes. One is, is that I think that at the time, you know, like long distance charges, we don't even think about those anymore. Like that, that's just, that doesn't fucking exist. No, it's silly. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, one of the best examples of the video phone was, uh, was in 2001, a space odyssey. And in that long distance is like kind of a thing, you know, and there's a point in that. And I think that that was part of it is that I think a lot of people, like, I think a lot of people might've been afraid that even if the video phone was offered, if you wanted to do it long distance, what would they charge you? You knew what you got. You got charged an arm and a leg just to do a voice, a shitty voice call. Totally. Distance. What are you going to get charged video? I mean, fuck it. You know, like uh, that, that's, that's going to go through the roof. It's going to be a hundred dollars a call, mm-hmm. you know? And one would argue that that's the only thing you'd really need a video call for was long distance, mm-hmm. right? You didn't need it local yeah. because you could just meet the person right. or whatever. Um, so I think that was part of it. Okay, is that Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, is the long distance be it the regulation or even just the the popular mindset around it uh was going to run into a problem. The other thing is this, is that as much as video chat has existed for a good long while now, just in everyday devices, be it Skype on your desktop, be it your smartphone or whatever. I I got to believe that the the data is in that that those features are hardly used are just hardly used because 
I know what it's like to work, like say with remote teams and everything. You'd think a great place for that would be with, um, would be for in a professional space. Uh, when I work with remote teams, they, they never want to do video because you know, they're, and sometimes it's women, honestly, they, and they'll say it, they're walking around in their fucking underwear and no makeup and everything. Like the beautiful thing is, <laughs> is that if you can communicate with just text on a Google doc mm -hmm. and you can, you know, y'all have a computer screen in front of you that you can kind of interact with and, you know, and you have voice real time voice communication, which is a technical marvel in itself. VoIP is amazing. Um, you know, like, like, well, then why do I need to get dressed up? I, I, I can, I, you know, I, I can say fuck you to the patriarchy and not have to worry about it. And like, I think, I think yeah, for a lot can... of people, the video phone's going to bring back the patriarchy or <laughs> reinforce it anyway. Hmm. Um, or maybe it'll change the standards. I don't know. But I mean, it is a real issue. Like when women change to remote work from a physical office, like the amount of time you save, not only on the commute, but on dressing to impress, yeah. putting on makeup, you know, you're saving three hours a day. And I say that with respect. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, yeah. sure. Especially certain jobs where you're expected to just put on a professional appearance. I mean, like I went to med school. <laughs> they had a sit down talk with us about women are expected to wear right. makeup and look right. professional and guys are expected to shave and wear a tie, even though ties transmit germs. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's silly, but it's those professional standards or what, what we think of as, as looking professional are such a burden. And if you can liberate yourself from that burden, Oh yeah. Take every opportunity to do so. I mean, yeah, wear just, your comfy yeah. clothes, all please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think anybody wants this mm -hmm. for one, like nobody wants this. Uh, and so I don't know that this is even going to take off. I mean, folks, we can say it easy enough. It's, it's a, it's a device that you're going to plug into your home and lay it down that is solely operated by Facebook, collecting more of your data. There it is. That mm -hmm. should immediately tell you, I don't fucking want that thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and in fact, it's almost insulting with all of the privacy allegations and provable exploits and so on that have been going on just in the past week mm -hmm. with Facebook mm -hmm. or a couple weeks. Oh yeah, for, for them How to, are they to push this try out to push there? this. Yeah, exactly. There's no privacy here. Yeah, I think people. I think you're right, Brian. I think people will be really skeptical of this, and they won't want every call to be a video call because no. they want to maintain their privacy. So they don't want people to see them when they're chatting all the time. Yeah, it, and if like if you have an Alexa in your home, you might as well have this device. But a lot of people won't have Alexas for this very reason because they value their privacy. They yeah. don't want a device listening to everything they say. Now you could have a device what not only listening to everything you say but watching everything you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean this this following just, you with a little eyeball. <laughs> right. This is not going to work because you know to bring this kind of full circle. Part of the reason I think people like to talk on the internet is because they get to be inauthentic. Or they get like, to they can pretend to be someone else. Exactly, yeah, that's right. Exactly. In fact, here, here's a funny meme. It didn't make me think anything different, but I thought it was goddamn funny. They said, "Oh, you're still looking for a Halloween costume this year? Why don't you go as the person you are on Facebook?" Oh, you know. And I was just like, "Yeah, yeah that's exactly." Good. That's good. You know, <laughs> right? Because because you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and that's the yeah, thing. Everybody that, curates this image of themselves. That's not really true to who they are. And and not just, not just a textual image, but also 
on images. Like now everybody, oh, oh, I get my nice new Snapchat filter where it makes me look like this and it does this. Yeah, it makes I mean, me look like a bunny or a dog or just prettier or have makeup on or whatever. Right. Or just a filter makes your skin look smoother, makes you look younger. Right. That's why I call it fakestagram. Yeah. Because everything's fake. And like you can... You can look at that like, okay, girls have always had body image issues growing up. Like, yeah, when I was growing up, you had TV and magazines. Sure. And they were difficult to meet impossible beauty standards sure. that make you feel bad about yourself, especially if you're not thin, white, blonde, and attractive with big boobs and yeah, whatever. Right. So somehow you have big boobs, but you're really thin. You know, uh, if you're not meeting those beauty standards, you're like, well, something's wrong with me. I'm not, you know, exactly what everybody wants me to look like. And that's bad because I'm, my value comes from my looks. Yeah, You learn those lessons. But with Instagram, like it's, it's even worse because like nobody's even showing real stuff. They're enhancing their image with computer technology and they're putting it out there and so many people take it so seriously and then they feel that they have to up their own game and enhance their images and put out another fake image and so it's just like everybody's constantly one-upping each other with how fake they are and how yeah. beautiful, how fakely beautiful they are and it, it could drive you crazy. Yeah, I mean the reason that right, like on Fakestagram. It uh, does drive people crazy. No, oh yes, yes it does it does, it does and, and but I think the reason like because you could say people could make the argument that yeah but people love to see each other instagram is proof of that no they're okay. seeing their their avatar yeah they're, a curated they're version curated not, not just with filters right but also like maybe they did some what you call what you call girl curls before they take that picture girl curls are you do a few curls of you know with with dumbbells uh, before you're going on a date with a gal to pump up for, your yeah to pump up muscle. your arm and make you look a little bigger for the night you know and you think people don't do that before they take that picture that they shared with you on Instagram? Oh, they're giving you a perfect world version. This video phone's not going to let you have a perfect world version unless they put in filters and then it might get interesting. Uh, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's already in mind. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, um, I mean, and even that in real time, that becomes that that gets more and more difficult. Um, but that's the thing is that people only want to share, you know, a picture or video if they have absolute control and if they can edit it and do so much more, this mm. is the exact opposite of that. It's just not going to take off. And that's right. why video phone, I think never took off because we don't want uh, yeah. people to see our lives like that. We right. actually it's too vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Privacy and control of ours. I mean, like those are innate human needs, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know that Google wants to tell you, no, privacy is an anomaly. Well, Google's full of shit as usual. Um, no, it is an innate need. And that's why this never took off when we had the ability to do it 20, 20 years ago or more mm. or 30 years ago, even. Um, so yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to work. It's just going to be another failed Facebook project, but they've got the money to toss this kind of bullshit out. Um, so anyway, any, any other thoughts on this, Stephanie? Well, yeah, now that you're saying all this, I think maybe it's even more insidious than I was thinking of, because uh -huh. like if this, if this thing, if this device has a camera that can follow you around it probably also has a motion sensor in there. Yeah. One of the great things about phone calls is that you can ignore the phone ringing and the person wouldn't know who's calling you that you're not home or you're in the bathroom or you're in the bathtub or you're sleeping or you maybe uh -huh. you're just not answering it. They don't know what's going on with you. They just know right. you're not answering. With a video phone that can track motion, the person might be able to tell you were last active 
one minute ago in your kitchen in front of the camera. Why isn't she answering my call? She was active one minute ago. Yeah. Why can't I get a hold of her immediately? And that's what people want. That That's what people have been conditioned to expect in this world is being able to get in touch and get a hold of anybody instantly at the snap of a finger. You right. know, as soon as they want to, they can get in touch with you. And they're, they're accustomed to that and they, they feel entitled to it. Yeah. And... This is not going to help. This video device is not going to help, especially if it has that kind of a status indicator. Yeah. This and is... I, but I think that's what Facebook wants. That's oh, yeah. why I said yeah, yeah. I think it's insidious because they, they I think there, there's people there that, that have a vision of a world with sort of this complete transparency where you can't hide anything. Right. right? You don't have privacy. Privacy doesn't exist. That's a concept of the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and this I, phone is helping chip away at it, right? And pretty soon kids are going to grow up where you can't ignore a phone call just because you don't feel like talking at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it seems like young people are rebelling against like this prevalence uh, or this per- pervasive surveillance. <laughs> prevalence. That's just what we should that call it. That was a good portmanteau. A, there yeah, you go. Yeah. There's a new term, prevalence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to title the episode that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, I just I don't think this is this is going to take off. I don't think this is going to fly. Um, I don't think. I mean, it's one of those technologies where you know it's been market tested by putting it on television, in TV shows, and movies, and cartoons, um, and it was never acceptable then. Oh, uh, predictive programming uh, to some degree, marketing, if anything. Um, that yeah, I, I don't think it's going to do it now. So anyway, wow. This is just all social media all the time. That's <laughs> the, we, we need to change yeah, this up. It's a social media special. How about we take a little trip to the movies? So for our, for the climax here, um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get into talking about a film, and then we'll wrap this uh, show up. So just the just a couple nights ago, that's um, right. As of this recording, we you and I went and saw, and this is kind of rare for for you and for me now because. I just don't care for these movies anymore. They they're they're formulaic. And you got and rid of your safe. movie pass. <laughs> and I did get yep, my movie pass is long gone. They start reactivating counts again. These holy fucking people. Wow. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Such a such a crazy story. Um, you know, capitalism is blood sport. But uh, the, <laughs> uh, but um, we went and saw Venom, yeah. as in the superhero movie that takes place within kind of the Spider Verse and sort of the MCU and. I don't know. This this shit gets all so confusing. And talk about feeling privileged. Like, I remember when the first X-Men movie came out in, I guess it was 96, 97, something like that. And thinking just how amazing it was that there's an X-Men movie. Like, wait, what? <laughs> no way. Um, because, and just like the idea that comic book movies were getting would be getting made en masse. 90s Golden Stallion? would be a very happy boy right now just be like <laughs> shitting himself thinking holy sh- there's a venom movie you know i mean th- th- i'd be going nuts um now i'm a fan of the character of venom um i'm not the biggest fan of spider-man so much spider-man proper uh i did like spider-man 2099 there's there's a few characters within that that play in that universe a little closer silver sable and some others uh that i really like um 
but not the biggest spider Peter Parker fan overall. Uh, but I do enjoy Venom. I've always thought Venom was a really cool character. I like the black outfit, obviously the black Spider-Man-esque outfit. What is Venom for people who don't know what that is? So Venom is a character uh, within, we'll say the Spider-Man universe, but part of Marvel, um, that was originally, and this is important to bring up, because, uh, but he was originally a villain to Spider-Man, and he was kind of the anti-Spider-Man. Um, I mean, he looked like Spider-Man, just a lot bigger and everything, and it was this alien symbiote that inhabited the body of a criminal named Eddie Brock. Okay, now, the movie Venom that came out just a couple weeks ago that is not the origin story. I mean, yeah, the alien symbiote's still a part of it and all that, but like Eddie Brock is apparently actually like this good guy or whatever. That was not the case in Mar in, in Marvel in the comic books years ago. And this is part of why I don't bother seeing comic book movies because the comic book history that I know and love and that I've spent my whole life uh, filling my head with, they don't give a shit about. Mm. Like they they just don't care. Like they they pay they play teases and they pay homage. But and I, and I love Kevin Feige, who's running the Marvel Universe in the movies, um, but it's not my comic books, you know, and that's 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 another reason that I don't give a shit about these movies like like there's don't expect to watch these films and get any kind of fidelity to the characters that, you know, um, I mean, Venom has been they've been making him a hero in the comic books probably for the past 20 years, if not longer, but he's a great villain. And, you know, I want. I want villainous characters, you know, really getting some serious time on the silver screen. Um, so anyway, that's part of the reason I was willing to actually go see Venom was, yeah, you know, Venom's a cool character. And even when he's kind of more of the hero, he's sort of an anti-hero and, and he's funny and he, and he, it's still like, and funny in a, in a dark, a very, not like funny in a stupid Deadpool way, um, which we haven't watched. You haven't seen those movies. Um, they're good, but they're also at the same time. It's like, oh, who fucking cares? Uh, you know, they're fun, like it's genuinely like they're jokes that are really well placed, and they don't require any other foreknowledge, like a lot of the Deadpool jokes do. Yeah, I agree that it was funny, and I'll tell you more about that when I get to start talking about my perspective on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Okay, cool. So that was a good introduction. Sure. Yeah. So uh, this is a movie again. This is now now that. Like Sony is interacting with Marvel, with, with Disney effectively and 20th century Fox. Like now there is a much as to where before the Spider-Man movies operated on their own Canon. Now they're becoming part of the larger Marvel Canon because of a deal made between Sony and, and Disney. Um, so that's important to keep in mind. And this is not the first fruits of that Spider-Man homecoming was as well as Avengers. Um, but, but this is, this is playing, you know, into that a bit, um, directed by Ruben Fleischer, who I really don't know much of his work. I mean, I know zombie land and some other films. He does, a, he does an okay job. I don't know that, that was pretty uh, basic as far as that goes, uh, written by, uh, Avi Arad, who's written, you know, some other Marvel stuff and everything. All that's fine. Um, of course the, our, our lead, uh, actor there is a uh, good old Shinzon, Tom Hardy. Shinzon is in from Star Trek Nemesis. Of course, most people, when they think of Tom Hardy, they don't think of that movie at all. They completely forget that he was in a Star Trek feature film, um, but he was. And uh, that's what, what, well, tell me this first before we get so much into the movie. I mean, I thought Tom, Har Tom Hardy did an okay job. I mean, what, what did you think of Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock? I thought he was better than okay. I thought uh -huh. he was great. Um, I thought it was really good casting and um, the way he acted was 
really good. Like uh, when he was being when he was being essentially body snatched, <laughs> yeah, right, and invaded. I thought he just did a great job of that. It wasn't really cartoonish to me. Like I liked it. As some of the other acting in the movie was a little bit cartoonish, but I thought that the lead, um, it, Tom Hardy, was really good. Yeah. Okay. So I want to I want to expound on that, but real quick, what did you think of the movie? Like, give me a quick like one sentence what did you think of the movie overall uh, like, did you enjoy it yes i enjoyed it you enjoyed the film yeah i did okay yeah i i enjoyed it mm-hmm. too like i'll say i enjoyed it but we can get into the finer points around that um something that's annoying me with these comic book movies is they want to get big name stars and tom hardy is certainly that now uh they want to get these big name stars and I guess what's disappointing about it is that these big name stars, I think are arguing for, they're saying I need to have as much face time as the masked, as the costumed hero version of me does. And I think that's taking away from these stories because I'm going to a Venom movie. Nobody in, in 1996, no one gave a rat's goddamned ass who Eddie Brock was. They didn't care. They knew who Venom was and they liked Venom and they wanted to see Venom do his business. I wanted to see Venom. This movie was uh, around two hours, something like that. There, there needed to be a lot more Venom and it needed to be Venom, Venom, not Venom with half of Tom Hardy's face showing, not Venom with like, you know, with, with Tom Hardy's, uh, uh, his entire head being revealed or something like that. There's too much Tom Hardy. And this is a problem. Not enough Venom. <laughs> yeah, not enough of the of the villain or hero. Um, and this is a problem in most of the Marvel films is that you, you're not getting enough of the costumed character mm. of the superhero. You're getting way too much of the actor, you know? And I think they're demanding that because they want to have that attachment. They want to be the lead, mm. you know? Okay, yeah, I'll be in your big film. I'll sell your big film, but you're going to have to show a lot more of me than me wearing a fucking mask. And that annoys the hell out of me. Um, I, I really don't like that. And for Tom Hardy, I think this is a recent thing because he played Bane in, um, you know, in the Dark Knight trilogy. And oh, and you would have never known. You, no, you had no you idea saw, that, that was Tom never Hardy. saw his face. Yeah. And you barely heard his voice. Mm-hmm. But he was brilliant. You know, he did great. Now, he's willing to do that probably because it's Christopher Nolan and they're buddies. You know, he was an in Inception and, and all that with, with Christopher Nolan. Uh, so... But yeah, like, like that, that annoys me that these actors want so much fucking like FaceTime of their face, you know, like Iron Man should be Iron Man most of the time. And I like Robert Downey Jr. Fine. But he, you know, same thing with Captain America. No, put on that fucking mask, you know, and, and I, I really get tired of that. So, but that, that's just kind of a point of with these comic book movies overall. And it was something that was within this. We saw way too much Tom Hardy, not enough Venom. Um, but anyway, so saying that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and like, I mean, break it down. Like, what did you like about this film? What didn't you like as well? So should we give a content warning for spoilers or whatever? Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, you know, okay. I, we don't need to give like the, the story is not even really worth talking about. You know, it's just a vehicle to introduce you to the character. So, uh, go ahead. Well, I thought there were a couple of aspects of the story that were kind of interesting. Um, one was that, so, okay. And I have to give a basic plot overview. So, 
Tom Hardy is this journalist, Eddie Brock. Yeah. He's not a criminal like he was in the comics. He's actually a alternative journalist who is getting, he's on a t- TV network, but he's right. on thin ice because he's not pleasing one of the major sponsors, somebody who's pulling the strings. Yeah. And he's get asking uncomfortable questions to this person who is like, has major uh, influence over the, the, uh, the TV he's a network tech giant. He's like a Silicon Valley magnate, right. pretty and much. And it takes place in San Francisco, and he's a he's a Silicon Valley um, person who's starting this Life Foundation, uh, and the Life Foundation's mission is to cure diseases and bring humanity to live amongst the stars. But in order to accomplish that goal, the uh, tech giant who runs it. Carlton something will stop at nothing and he's using homeless people to test like unproven drugs on and killing them. Right. And so you know uh, Tom Hardy's character is investigating this and he ends up going on his girlfriend's computer who's an attorney in one of these wrongful death suits against these homeless people that are dying from these trials and he he steals a document from her computer and he ends up getting both of them fired. Yeah this really has an anti-Silicon Valley bent that is kind of uncomfortable conscious but it's obviously there i mean right down to fucking with the homeless people and all that like there's a real anti-google kind of aspect to this movie which i kind of enjoyed but also it's a little misguided but but continue yeah i thought it was kind of interesting um and and then so he ends up with nothing to lose basically he loses his girlfriend he loses his apartment he's poor he's destitute life is completely ruined and so that once he's got nothing to lose he gets a plea from a scientist who works at this life foundation and says please help me they're using more poor people they're testing this technology where they're having an alien symbiote merge with people but it's actually killing the people right and so Eddie Brock gets ends up getting into the Life Foundation and takes pictures of these people that are being tested, experimented upon. But in the process, he gets infected with a symbiote, which is venom. Yeah. And it lives in his body and it gives him superpowers and it makes him do things and uh, it challenges, you know, the bad guys and it ends up saving the day. But the thing that I really liked about this movie, and this is kind of synchronicity in my life right now, is that when when <sighs> Venom merges with Eddie Brock's character, yeah. um, there's a lot of scenes where there's like internal dialogue where Venom's talking to him inside of his head yes. and he's like arguing with Venom. Yeah, and, Eddie and Venom are arguing. Yeah, and Venom has certain motivations and wants, and he he wants like hungry. like he's always hungry. He wants yeah. food. He he's Let's like eat their head. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's trying to convince him like yeah. to do things like that, and then he's like, "No, we don't want to eat his head. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, you do. You want to eat his head." <laughs> and so there's a lot of scenes like that where they're arguing with each other, and. I think everybody can kind of relate to that because like, you know, everybody's had those moments where you're like, there's like a little voice in your head that's telling you like, hey, don't you want to do this? Like, or like a devil on your shoulder kind of thing. <laughs> don't you want to do this? And you're like, no, I don't well, want to. No, we don't want to do that. Yes, you do. Come on. Admit well, you, it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, do you want to talk about like where the synchronicity comes from? Because like, uh, yeah, I, crack- I was, okay. was just about to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I cracked a joke mm-hmm. about it and we both picked up what was going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um. Recently, I got back in touch with an old friend who has been very interested in the idea of internal family systems therapy. Yeah. And um, this is something that Brian and I knew about because we both read a book together actually called Self-Therapy by Jay Early. And Mm -hmm. it's about this idea of internal family systems. Yep. And what this idea is, basically, is that... 
we we all have these sort of parts of ourselves, or some people call them sub-personalities, but they almost act as like little autonomous people inside our head that can um, that can have their own kind of personalities and wants and motivations. And sometimes they get really on about something and they almost want to take the driver's seat and blend with us in order to get us to do what they want. Yeah. And there's different types. There's like, there's like protector parts that will, or firefighter parts that will try to protect us from things like feeling bad or things like feeling uncomfortable or danger or from uh, things that they're afraid of. And so they blend with us and they they make us do certain things and they try and their their motivation is to try to protect us. Yeah. And then there's um like inner children that we have that are kind of stuck in living in the past and they're kind of frozen at like a traumatic or hurtful moment in time and they've never gotten the love and attention that they needed at that time. And you know, they need to be taken care of basically. Yeah. Um and then uh what are what are the other kind of parts? Well, oh, managers. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. there's managers that try to like, you know, keep us doing on task and doing things. And the idea is that these parts kind of developed to uh automate certain processes for us and they're usually like just running in the background and not we're not even aware that they're going on but sometimes they sort of do take the helm in the driver's seat especially the protector ones Mm -hmm. and we can do things we can have very intense reactions we can get triggered or seem to get triggered we can um, lead ourselves to do things like addictive behaviors you know to keep ourselves feeling good or to avoid feeling uncomfortable yeah Um, and so learning Using this this metaphor or this idea as a way to understand our actions and our personalities and what's going on for and us. Our motivations. Yeah. And our motivations and try to figure out what's going on for us and even try to heal some of those exiled or inner children parts uh, can be a useful way of, uh, like, you know, acquiring self-knowledge and becoming a better person. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's often this this idea that, like, there's these people in your head and they're kind of talking to each other and they're talking to you and you're like, and there's, there's fights going on and some of them don't like each other. Some of them are arguing with each other. Some of them are, are, you know, pushing each other around or fighting for control or whatever. And watching the movie Venom after kind of immersing myself in some resources about this IFS internal family systems Uh therapy was funny because it literally was like showing this, this (laughs) Venom character who's inside Eddie, Eddie Brock's head and then they're arguing with each other and they're having this internal dialogue <laughs> with each right. other. Yeah, and then I, well, at a certain point in the movie, we were in the theater and they're they're having one of these internal dialogue scenes and you you like looked over at me and you're like this is like his par- protector parts or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, so I see Venom's just his protector part. That's all. Yeah, and I <laughs> laughed and I said I was thinking the exact same thing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So it was really cool to see that. And then not, not only that, but like since I've been interested in this idea and reading some resources and stuff about it, I've been noticing like in the audiobooks that I narrate, some of the characters' internal dialogue when they're trying to talk themselves out of something or talk themselves into something. Uh-huh. Oh, well, that you could never have a relationship with this person. Like it just wouldn't work. This you're too different. That kind of thing. <laughs> right. I was like, oh yeah, that's their parts. You know, they're talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been really interesting to watch movies and media with with knowledge about that and and just like apply that lens to it, I guess. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was yeah, that was kind of a I don't know. Interesting. What, what was that? What was the Pixar movie? 
where that that scene inside to be, out inside out that yeah. was the, that certainly was playing with a lot of that yeah uh, more as emotions not as in like parts yeah so yeah ifs yeah i mean you know people can look into it i you know i have i have critiques and then there's things where i think you know wow yeah so yeah i mean if you want to check out the what i was um the resources that i was looking at pl- uh, plug them because I have no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, there is the book that Brian and I read years ago (laughs) called Self-Therapy by Jay Early, which I mentioned. Um, There's also, so the YouTube channel of my friend is called Partly Aware. You can search for it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then um, I've also been listening to an audio book about how this theory applies to relationships. You are uh, the one you've been waiting for. You are the one you've been waiting for bringing courageous love to intimate relationships. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, folks can check those out. Um, the Venom movie, you might want to check out. I mean, it, it's... I well, so Stephanie, you haven't watched as many comic book movies as I have. Um, I imagine you have more to say on, on the film, and you can get into those. But, I mean, you saw Doctor Strange. Uh, I know you've seen a few. But, it, I mean, for me, the only thing I can really say about it is that it's, it's just very run-of-the-mill. Like, it, there was nothing... Like Venom was funny. There was some laugh out loud moments and there are some, there were some interesting aspects of it that, that were, you know, that did uh, seemed odd, like oddly placed, like for one. Now you and I both went and saw Predator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I love, I enjoyed the hell out of, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed Predator too. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we were laughing, like we didn't think we were in for that good of a time. Yeah, And, and our ex- expectations were pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. But, we <laughs> but they were exceeded. Yeah, significantly. And I did a review of that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but in that, one of the things that they, uh, a kind of a byline of why the aliens are coming or a byproduct or a, I don't know, whatever, is that, well, you know, the earth only has another generation before climate change, before, because of humans' effect with climate change is going to wipe it out, is going to, you know, put an end to the earth anyway. You get the same shtick in this with the symbiotes. The uh, whatever his name is, Carlton Drake or whatever, mm-hmm. he, he explicitly says, he's like, you know, humanity only has one more generation left on this planet before the planet is, you know, uninhabitable, uninhabitable, and global warming yeah, and overpopulation, yeah, climate change yeah. and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, it was the same exact message. I thought that was a little little odd for two movies so closely released together. And I'm sure there's a million more where like this right down to the verbiage was exactly the same. It's almost like there was a memo. Not, I don't think they were both made by Sony, but it was almost like there was a memo going around in Hollywood. I mean, then this happens, you know, where, okay, everybody, you need to say this line, you know, you need to say, we only have one generation left on this planet. Mm. Like every movie has got to say this. (laughs) If there's an, if there's aliens in it. Yeah. So that was, um, that, that that was the only thing that really stuck out for me as being like something that, oh, well, that's interesting. Otherwise, the movie was just, it was a regular comic book fucking origin movie. And, you know, it, I mean, it was good. And Venom, the character, was fairly entertaining. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, it's still kind of run of the mill. And the only thing that saved it was that it's Venom. Um, I agree. I thought that Venom was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely did seem cartoonish or like a comic book in some ways and as it should oddly yeah. the one thing that set me off to that was the wigs um oh yeah <laughs> michelle williams played 
uh, Eddie Trunks or Eddie. Yeah, Anne. Sorry, Eddie Brock's. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> you Trump, want to say Eddie? Oh, not Eddie Trunk. No. That'd be awesome. If Eddie <laughs> Trunk was in it, it'd be the greatest movie ever made. Right. I love Eddie. Anyway, all right. Yeah, Eddie Brock. Uh, Michelle Williams played his girlfriend Anne, that yeah. that he ends up uh, you know betraying and breaking up with. Right. But she just had this terrible wig on from the beginning of the film that was just. Such an obvious wig. And then at the end of the movie, Woody Harrelson is this psycho criminal character. And he shows up and he's wearing a horrible wig that looks like fucking Annie or little orphan Annie. Yeah. Well, they kind of had to do it with him because he needed to look like um, Cletus, who will end up becoming. I mean, so that's in a post credit scene. And of course, I think everybody knew that was coming, that they were going to hint at. Uh, uh, Carnage, the Mm -hmm. character of Carnage, Mm -hmm. who's kind of an offshoot of Venom. Uh, So anyway, but that's another story. But yeah, you're right. Those were, some of that was kind of cheap. And Venom didn't look exactly real. Like I thought the CGI was a little weak at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Sure. But you know, like uh, going back to the whole, like the whole protector parts thing, like there were Uh times when you, you saw that Venom, like even though Venom is kind of a villain, and Venom is kind of like a bad, starts out as a bad guy. Yeah. Like Eddie starts to actually like Venom after a while because he realizes that Venom is actually trying to keep him alive and is trying to protect him and is trying to, you know, like keep him safe while he's merged with him to accomplish the mission. Yeah. And, and it, then it leave goes him both alone. ways because, and it's funny. This is one of the funny parts of Venom. Cause like Venom says like, wow, you're, you're such a loser to mm-hmm. Eddie Brock. And then Venom later admits, you have to understand on my planet, I'm kind of a loser too. Mm. And so there's like that, yeah, there, there's that that symbiotic, no pun intended, uh, 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 relationship that the two have as far as being able to relate to each other, what they're like on their planet, mm. on their respective planets. Uh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Like, and it's almost like a self-empathy <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the, by the end of the time together, Eddie learns to accept venom and like you know have like sort of integrate him as a part of himself yeah yeah which kind of leads to again the movies the movie's good you know it's enjoyable but that's all and for me that's all it is mm-hmm. i'm not going to rank it up as like oh this is one of the greatest comic book movies ever made or anything like that no i don't think close. so either um but that's the thing is that like where's the villain venom like i, I want that and that's the problem with these movies is that they don't care about the comic books like everybody's like oh i'm so excited to go see this my comic book my favorite comic book character is getting made into a movie but that's not your comic book character you know they they made venom and i know venom has been kind of a hero for a long time now in the comics more or less but i really wanted to see kind of something else Mm. you know there wasn't enough anti-hero in this uh for me so there, there's, I mean, yeah, the effects sometimes weren't exactly the best. I think I said Avi Arad wrote it. He didn't, he produced it, but, uh, I mean, the writing was, was pretty good. Like I said, there were some laugh out loud moments, which was nice. Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I think there were other things that I wanted, but we, what we ended up getting was just an enjoyable night, mm. you know, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, and very serviceable. And I'm sure that Venom's going to be in an Avengers movie in no time. And then, you know whatever that's the whole point of this yeah that was another thing like you definitely i was definitely left with the feeling of like oh this is part of a universe you have to see all the other movies to understand what's going on here yeah i mean in this it's a wildly successful film Mm. like it's doing crazy money huh which is amazing to me because it does really it 
I don't know. It, it there just are better movies tame. out there that have flopped. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this feels really, this felt like even for a comic book movie, it felt kind of tame. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't have any of the real visceralness or some of the dangerous elements. I think that like Black Panther had um, or that some of the Iron Man movies would have and so on. Um, the, like it, it, I don't know. Like I said, there was sort of the anti Google message in it, mm-hmm. but that wasn't, it, it wasn't as over the head as honestly, maybe it should have been, even though sometimes you don't want to be over the head. This is a case where maybe it should have been that way. The movie at least had more of a point and it, it really just feels, it kind of felt like a pointless origin story, an enjoyable one, but still a pointless origin story. Yeah. And, and right. You do feel like you have to buy into a much larger universe, which is the point. What would you give it as a star rating out of 10 out or of ten, five out of 10? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess a 6.5. I, 6.5? Yeah. Okay. I want to be kind of nice. That's being kind of nice to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's just enjoyable. Yeah. You know, there's not too much wrong with it. The, and what's wrong with it, you know, any wrongs I have is that it doesn't, is where it doesn't pay fealty to the source material mm. or fidelity. Mm-hmm. So uh, how about you? I was going to say five. Five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe five and a half. Yeah, I, like I was the thinking anti-Silicon Valley stuff, and yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't give it more than a six. No, right? Yeah, six and a half. I was being pretty generous with that. With that point five. <laughs> that point five was a nostalgia point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, now what would you give Predator? I don't know if I gave it a, a star rating oh, out of ten. Hmm. I would give Predator an eight. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I, maybe yeah, eight solid and a half. eight. Yeah, yeah eight and I half. mean, really, like. I was shocked at how fucking good that movie was. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that movie too. Yeah. Way better than it needed to be. Like it didn't even need to be that good. And it ended up being <laughs> that good. Uh, and it, yeah, Venom. Yeah. Good, good call on that score. I don't, I don't know why it's doing so much money. I think it's just because people think Spider-Man and Spider-Man's what's selling it. Not so much Venom itself. Uh, and maybe that's the case. So anyway, you want to wrap this up? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm ready. So yeah, you can check out Venom if you have if you have nothing to do. Otherwise, there's other movies. First Man. I don't know. Go see those. But um, anyway, all right. So that's it for this week's Sovereign Tech. Of course, thank the boss for being here Woo! and getting me through this episode. <laughs> uh, and what a wow! What a great episode. I mean, very yeah. single theme. It's been a while since we've done that sort of thing. So yeah, this was a fun show. Thanks so much for having me on, Brian. Of course. And you're going to be hearing more of me on Sovereign Tech coming up. Actually, on Patreon, you'll be there. And don't forget, patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech, and you'll get some more Stephanie there as well. That's so, right. Woo, I will see all of you on the other side. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com. That's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com. And connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution.